Marvel Squid Comics Podcast, Episode 9, Season 2, 2.9. Season 2, Episode 9. That's right. I'm Drew. I'm Don. I'm Scott. And we get together and do a podcast about comic books and whatever else we want to talk about. Sometimes movies, sometimes TV. There aren't any movies. There are no new movies. Well, no, there are. They just aren't in the theaters. When's the theaters open up? Did they already? That is a good here? question. Not here. Okay, because it's, I mean, it's like supposed to be... The drive-in's open. I think the drive-in's open. I think the problem is that Regal is a nationwide company, and so they're mm -hmm. not going to open some markets, I think, until they all open. Is that what they're doing? Maybe. Right. That's my theory. I th I heard even that AMC may never even open again. That's true. They're about bankrupt. Yeah. The other thing that... Is that the, the brother at North Rock? Yeah. The other problem is there's no new movies to show, so if they open, they got no content. That's very true. They got to show all this stuff. saying Tenet is like the first... The movie that they're gonna like open the theaters back up with the tent pole there, yeah, because Tenet? Tenet from Christopher Tenet. Nolan, T E N E T. It's a time travel hockey thing. Hmm. Yeah, because they think that's like a good. Well, the article I read said that would be a good sort of litmus test to see if people will go to the theater because it's an event movie. It's not part of a franchise, you know. It's just kind of yeah. on his name, and he usually does. I mean, people are excited about him. So very true. I don't know. Although I did watch his Dunkirk and thought... Dunkirk mm. I thought was not that great. Yeah. yeah it it was well made. It just didn't... The story didn't grab me. It's it funny. Zach and I just watched Inception because he'd never seen it. You know, oh, So we sat down yeah. and watched it. Inception's good. It is good. And we were watching it. And I'm like, you know how they did the three layers at the end where you had one and the time was moving different in the three layers? Because mm. like you had the top layer and it's thing. moving like at a certain time and the bottom next layer smooth. down is moving... You know, it takes longer. It like takes the longer. Yeah. Longer you go down. Well, it's kind of like Dunkirk because that's kind of what he did with Dunkirk. He's got three things going on. They're all happening at he different in different times. On, yeah. I'm like, wow, this is kind of like the last you know third of Inception, but like as a war movie, like for Dunkirk. Hmm. It just struck me as interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah it's, it's what is Inception rated R? PG thirteen. There's really nothing very. I, I saw it. Yeah, and there's I no thought, sex. There's no sex. I thought it was cool. Fairly. I just don't remember it at all. I need to go. It's back a cool movie. I mean, it's not like it's just very cerebral. That got, um, I'm trying to get Zach to watch all the movies I like. So we watched like The Matrix. We watched Inception. Did you watch all three of The Matrix? No, we just watched the Matrix first one for now. I was My like, kids made fun of that one big time. Which one? The, the Matrix. The first Matrix. Yeah, oh yeah. The first Matrix is yeah, awesome. They it's, thought, it holds up really well. I I thought it did, but I man, they so made it, fun of that one out there was. No, we're watching. Up. Zach's like, this has the greatest slow mo I've ever seen in a movie or something like right. that. I'm like, it does. But which uh, some of the graph, some of the special effects don't hold up. Uh, the Matrix. But yeah, especially. Uh, I think it was the corniness of some of the lines and things. Well, like no, that. no, no, no. I think scene, the special effects hold up pretty well. The scene, whatever movie it is, when he's in the playground. And oh yeah, well that didn't hold those, up at the time. Yeah. That was that's, bad. That that's was bad. Two, that's number two. That was two. bad. The first. That the, is really bad. It's like the a, first movie. They did it stretch too much, and so I think it holds up pretty well because they didn't yeah. try to do anything well, too crazy. They did though. The biggest thing that they had in the first movie was bullet time. Yeah, but yeah. that was very. Once they figured out what how to technically do it, it it, it wasn't requiring a very powerful computer. Right. The biggest thing about bullet time was. How the hell do we do this wraparound? Oh, well, that's why they, then they figured out, shit, if we may put a bunch of cameras in a freaking circle, we could take all this and then put them all together. Okay, so it wasn't pushing a computer, though, limits. Correct. It was more taking the technology that existed and figuring out how they could use it. Whereas in the next one, they were trying to push the computer generation yeah. type things 
and that didn't. Work and that out playground well. scene, it just so, it just started looking yeah. like computerized cheese. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and you look yeah. at at Keanu Reeves at that point where he's like up on the staff, like kicking around. I mean, his face—it's a cartoon. And also the physics it's, of it got off too. Once you mess up all the physics, it just looks like a Looney Tunes type thing. So you gotta keep yeah. the physics really well, or but that, it doesn't hold up. Very that well. scene where they the shootout at the bottom of the tower. Yeah. That the music and the oh, yeah. Song, oh, yeah. that yeah. thing is just this is the greatest thing ever. It, it really is. It one of, it's one of the greatest action they scenes. They drop that that bomb and it blows up, and then yeah. they drop the gun and like the tile falls off as they yeah. walk away. No, it's great. It's, it's really good. holds up really well. It's I think. So good. I just I like the scene too when he's in the helicopter on the gunner. Oh yeah. And you just they yeah. show that scene where you just see the shells dropping. The shells dropping, yeah, that's really and cool. And then too. and then the slow motion when they're hitting trying to hit Morpheus and you just see those bullets just zipping in the water shooting, shooting up. up. Yeah. That's yeah, there's some really good visuals in that movie. Oh yeah, they're big. Well time. even when he dodges the bolts for the first time and then the agent's right there and she just shoots him in the head like right next to oh, she's like yeah. dodge this and he's like you know, I mean it's just got great Yeah. Well, it's great all around. And and also that scene when the kung fu with him and that's a great scene. Too. Oh yeah, the music. Smith the music is no with um with uh, oh Morpheus, Morpheus yes, and yes, Keanu Reeves yeah. when yeah. they're in, in the, the dojo. Oh yeah, that dojo. scene was really cool yeah, too. Yeah, that's good too. So total kind of a segue, but you know, I cartoonist kayfabe, which is Jim Rugg and Ed Pisker, they do a podcast. They went through the Art of the Matrix book or whatever, you know, and they were going through it, and Steve Scrooge got on there, and he was like, he was like, yeah, it's so funny, you know. He commented on their podcast or YouTube video. He's like. Yeah, you know, that book was, I mean, that art was done, like, over two years, because what would happen is the Wachowski brothers would get, like, a a chunk of money or whatever, and they'd, like, spend it, and we'd do a bunch of, you know, concept stuff or whatever, and they'd run out of money, and then they'd go back and get more money, and then we'd work for a couple months, and then, you know, it did over time, you know, he's like, yeah, they kept having these meetings, and finally, until Keanu Reeves got on, it really wasn't greenlit, but once he got on, that's when they could actually you know, move forward. He's like, but yeah, it was so funny. They spent so many times trying to explain that movie to like old executives or whatever, you know, and nobody mm, was yeah. getting it. You know, they kept saying, how do you, how did they get from the, the, the train to the, to the ship? <laughs> nobody could figure it yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how did they, what? <laughs> it's like, well, that so, movie was so and then there's a, different for its time. It was, you know? but the visuals, I mean, there's some particular it, oh, visuals yeah. that they did that were just pure off storyboards, off comic panels, you yeah. know, I mean, in a way. And they even admitted to it. The Wachowski uh, and that, sisters now or whatever, yeah. you know, basically yeah. admitted to the fact that they grew up, you know, I think with a lot of the manga and things of that nature yeah. and, and wanting to try to reproduce some of that in a way. And some of the big things were certain, you know, just visuals that stood out. Yeah. And that's what they were trying to push for. What? And Scrooge said that uh, right before they have a meeting, you know, they had like a book with like all the pictures and stuff, and then Jeff Garrett would go in there and drop penises all over right right. before the meeting, and then they'd pull it out, and there'd be penises everywhere. Darrow <laughs> talked about that a little bit when in that Frankenstein oh, hardcover. Really? Uh, okay. He did a forward, and he talked a little bit about working, because he worked, that's where that stuff came from. Yeah. It was because he was working with them on the Matrix, yeah, and then they did the comic book. So he talked a little bit about just what it was like, like working there and stuff. But that, maybe that's where Strom, so, Strom gets it. <laughs> a little segue there, though, from the Matrix and special effects. The latest uh, Disney gallery for the Mandalorian or whatever uh -huh. is about the what they call the volume, which is essentially their uh, set piece 
type thing. Have you seen any of that? I don't watch that. I, it's kind of amazing, you know, of what they're doing now because it used to take typically, you know, like the bullet time, you know, even when you've seen that, is basically a guy in the center of a thing surrounded by green, you know, that they basically were going to plop him in there, you know, and have the rest of the scenery there. Well, now they've gone the next step, essentially, and they've basically just taken LED screens and put them all around and taking gaming engines to basically generate hey. the backgrounds there and then put the rest of their scenery in front, you know, for the rest of the set, but then use those LED screens and things to kind of continue hey. the, the distance and everything else. And they said the big thing with it is the fact that it, it once they figured out and got that technology in there for what they wanted to do, it helped them big time for trying to avoid those computer animated, you know, looks, I think, mm. in a lot of ways. Because then they almost got it's fake natural light, yeah. you know, type thing, you know. they But they now have the light from this big LED screen that, you know, type things that are shining up, you know, showing a sunrise and whatnot. And when the Mandalorian's big mirrored, you know, uh, helmet that he's got, they're not having to digitally recreate, you know, some type of, you know, mirrored look in there because it's actually reflecting off of the LED screens and so it gets a more natural look and stuff. I thought that was interesting. And one of the actors mentioned they said that the biggest thing that they found was that normally when you have several actors and you were acting in front of a green screen, while the director is going to tell you what all three of us, you know, are going to see, we may not ex have all of our eyes at the same point, you know, maybe they'll put the ball up there or something oh, like yeah, this, yeah. but Maybe we'll have different expressions or whatever it may be a little bit. They, the, the actor, one of the actors mentioned, he goes, we were all in unison. He's yeah. like, we're seeing this stuff, you know, in there, you know, the, yeah. they're talking about like a tunnel, you know, with the lava and everything. And they're seeing how all this stuff is, you know, so they're all expressing things at the same exact you yeah. know, moment and everything else because they're all, you know, visualizing it at the same time. Yeah. And so he said it's a big, from, from an actor perspective, they found it disorienting at first because it's like a big old you know one of those domes that you would be like in you know type thing exactly that's the screens all around you and a little disorienting but they said once they got used to it they could all act you know kind of in unison and and uh and found it a bit easier than just a traditional green screen hmm. so from a special effects perspective i thought that was pretty interesting i didn't really think much about it that and is interesting. i had heard <clears throat> little bits and pieces it's kind of yeah new to see where they're pushing the technology or we're taking what they know you know and trying to put it in different uh situations and things it's like when you watch those old movies or old tv shows and you see like the fake painted like background oh yeah oh my god that looks so bad sometimes 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 it, looks good, yeah. sometimes it depends on the painter i suppose huh? yeah i suppose what do you look at your phone Don? oh i was gonna talk about something but i was so up. i watched another uh, netflix show uh called dark Oh, I tried to watch that. Isn't it dubbed? It is dubbed, so you can get it in English. It's well, it's German, you know, naturally, so you can watch it in the German yeah, with kind of, subtitles. We tried to watch it, and uh, it was kind of weird how the lips, lips weren't matching the words. Yeah, you, which takes a little bit getting used to, and then it seemed like it. Nobody else was really into it. Like an old Godzilla movie. Yeah, know. a little bit, but, but it's supposed to be really good. I've but not really to that extent. I have to. So it's it's. I liked it. But it's very, uh, it's soap opera, tiny-wimey type stuff almost uh, yeah. in a way. So, you know, some things are move faster than others. You know, they kind of take their time in certain areas. It's very much, you know, 
basically centering on one town and the strange ass family tree that exists there, you know, in a way. So, uh, and leading up to an apocalypse of things, I suppose that, that, uh, could happen or whatever else. And they're trying to do to avoid it. But yeah. I, overall, I like it. It's two seasons. It's like 18 episodes and just trying to keep track of the characters and who's going where and whatever can be a little bit of a, a, pain in the butt you know yeah. you almost need to put your own chart together and go okay who was their parents again and who's they talking there you know whatever else yeah you know, so that you can kind of follow the things and it doesn't it doesn't go off the old uh paradox of uh you can't meet yourself you know type uh, things. Okay. that one throws that one out the window and it's like yeah you can meet yourself and in fact they talk about the what is it a bootstrap paradox or whatever the hell else that could actually exist where you know something from the future came back to the past to give yeah. me something. Otherwise I wouldn't have known it to build it, you know, type yeah. of thing. And they're like, yeah, that's, that totally happens in this world and is totally acceptable, <laughs> you know, type things that we expected. <laughs> Interesting. So, but yeah, it's, it's worth a shot. I thought it wasn't too bad. Randy and I watched the whole thing there. Nice. We managed those arc. Oh, oh yeah. did you? You, like you enjoy Indian. that? Wow. That was like, I, we both just looked at each other and went, holy shit, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, we kind of had the same reaction. I think I that was, was like, what they were going for. Yeah, I know. I haven't seen it yet, so. Oh. But I'm still expecting to watch well, it. Well, it was like, thing. like you haven't watched any Ozark? You said I haven't watched, watched any Ozark. Oh, okay. It was so, like so, end of season three. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So, um. So but I, I know like, the general gist of it because my brother loves that show, so yeah. he talks about it all So time. I was like giving up. I was like, okay, well, they're just going to leave us hanging then for season three because they... Yeah, you didn't think they were going to resolve anything. No, because you're he, like, the, the uh, FBI lady calls him and goes, don't get on the plane. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, I'm getting on the plane. And they get on the plane and they show up. And I'm like, okay, well, they're just going to leave, leave it like that. And then, yeah. bam. I was, was like, like, holy balls. I was like, so they set it up perfect because I was like, my guard down and everything. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, wow. They definitely led you down one path and went a completely different. And then I did like, though, in that, well, with her brother, that was... That yeah, was insane. It was insane, but it got kind of annoying after a while. It's like someone needs, needs to knock this dude well, out, or they took his phone away and they let him get another phone. Yeah, it's yeah. like, how many times the are best. you gonna let this guy do this? I mean, he. <laughs> the best part about that was though that she lived in like, it wasn't a Walmart, but it was a Walmart parking lot yeah. for like three days. Yeah, it <laughs> just kept going into the store. Like she just camped out in her van, like in in this Walmart parking lot, yeah. and would go in and buy more booze and Pringles, and then come out and just yeah. drink and fucking pass out in a car. Yeah, in a Walmart like, parking lot. I don't know. It, after like the but, third time, he kept calling. I'm like, yeah. Oh my god. But that show itself, time to like, chair or something. I don't know. I know. I we I power like I I binged it. So I watched like thirty episodes. Oh, like, you never seen the first and second seasons? Before? No, I binged everything. So I watched but, it as they came out. Was the second season the weakest? Yeah, kind of, sort of. And then, but I kind of felt like the second season kind of didn't. Well, it all kind of into it. It all kind of runs together for me because uh, it's all just like one long show. Yeah. But the second one, I it's all about that. them trying to get the casino up and going. Yeah, it just seemed like probably. Was, and they were doing all that political like stuff. halfway through. I don't know. Probably like halfway through the second season, it's like, I'm just like, dude, like it, I felt like I was worn out, like, because every time they would solve a problem, like two more fires would pop up. Yeah. And then he, like That's all he spent his time doing is going around, because he'd come up and like, 
the one side would come to him and go, oh, well, we need you to talk to so-and-so because we need their land to do X. And he'd be like, well, I already talked to them and they said they're not going to do it. Well, you need to go back to them and tell them that you need to do it. And at some point, I'm just like, because he's like, okay. <laughs> he runs off and takes care of this. And then they tell him to come back and do this. They want this. And then, like, he's in the middle. Like, he's the mediator. Yeah. And, like, at some point, because it was shortly before that, uh, the old guy, uh, Buddy. Yeah. He's like, you got to stop running around, dude. You got to, like, take matters into your own hand. Like, you have to call the shots. And I'm like, that's what I said. <laughs> you know? But, I mean, it just almost got taxing just to watch. Yeah. So, like, I got tired watching these guys run around just, like. Well, it is a, much, a lot of, like, constant problems cropping up. You know, oh, yeah. So, it does get a little it's, exhausting. And then we start. Well, I've watched it, but Barbara never has. So, we're watching Justified. Oh, so nice. I'm going through Justified wow. again. Love Her for the first time. We're like on the third season. Oh, so. Isn't that like seven or something like that? It's six. Six. Okay. And they're like ten episodes each. I think. They're, oh, really? Yeah, they're like thirteen. I think. Oh, they're thirteen. Yeah, they're like twelve or thirteen. Cool. But yeah, that show's great, man. That yeah, show's I love so that show. awesome. Like the writing. Of course, I was watching like I, what is it on Netflix now or what's it on? Uh, I think we're watching on Hulu. Yeah, it's on Hulu. So we we're so I was watching like. We watch Hulu and they'll run like an ad for it, you know? It looks like it's kind of dated, like, from what I remember. Does it come across like that at all? Not or? really. Maybe it's just a trailer. I don't know. Yeah, mm. no, not really. Okay. I mean... That's good. No, it seems good. I mean, all right, it's just, cool. I love that show. Yeah. If you like Justified, you should watch uh, Sneaky Pete. Have you watch Sneaky Pete? I tried. I watched, like, a couple episodes it's of by Sneaky the same Pete. guy. Is it? By the same showrunner or whatever. Mm. I did... Also, I watched... Um, that's what I was looking up. Have you ever heard? It's a documentary. It's called Comic Book Confidential. We're not doing documentaries. Huh? It's a comic book documentary. <laughs> it's fine. I've it's heard of that. Comic I don't know Book if Confidential. I, ever it. I don't know when it was shot. Like probably well, eighty eight, I think. But it's got like well, Stan Lee's in it. It's got like Robert Crumb. It had Frank Miller. Yeah. It had um uh well, that's what I was pulling up. Will Eisner's on there a lot. Seen that thing. Yeah, believe um, it or not, because I think it's been out there for so long. Charles it was Burns, on, like, some free. Charles Burns is on there. Streaming like service. Burns. They have Jaime Hernandez. They have like uh, Will Gaines. They do a lot about like because they start out with like EC Comics mm -hmm. and then they go through like the. Um, it's kind of like a history of comics. Like they start out and they do like superhero history, and then in the middle they break into like Robert Crumb and like all the underground stuff. Yeah, and then towards the end they kind of catch back up, which the very last like. Like, second to last. Because Will Eisner's in it throughout. Yeah. And then everybody else is, like, five-minute yeah. interview, whatever, talking about, like, their comic or whatever they did. Charles Burns was cool to listen to, like, talk to. But it was, like, 20 years ago or whatever. But Frank Miller, they it's right after Dark Knight, like, oh, came yeah. out. And he has, like, he looks young. Well, he looks like him, but he looks young. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got, like, long hair. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, in his apartment or whatever, like, on a couch. He's just, like, laid out like this, kind of like king shit, you know? Yeah. But it is kind of interesting to, to listen to him talk. Yeah, but, something's wrong with him. Because I saw, he's on Instagram, and he was showing, like, a piece of art he did or whatever for the auction or whatever that Jim Lee's been running. Oh, yeah, yeah. Comic shops. He looks like 80, man. <laughs> He, he does not look 80. good. No, he's only like 57 or 8. Oh, my God. Maybe 60? This is all the drugs. I don't... What did he do? Lots did of coke. Did he do lots of drugs? Lots of cocaine. Says who? I, I've heard. Oh. 
By who? Okay. Like I said, I don't know. Okay. Oh, I did don't... you watch the Mark Miller interview by Cartoonist K Fig? Mm-hmm. That, that was fascinating. Could you understand him? After about five minutes. <laughs> you you clicked into the Miller yeah. and you were clicking? Yeah. I tried to listen to an interview with him. It was like a podcast. Yeah. And I had to stop. Because I was picking out, like, I got, like, every Well, lucky this word. is video, really? so there's... Yeah, he has a very thick, 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 Scottish, thick accent. Scottish accent. Yeah. Hmm. And he talks fast sometimes because he gets excited. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I was literally listening to it, and I had to stop because I was picking up, like, every fifth or sixth word. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> like, I can't do this. I just turned it off. Well, it's funny because they were, uh, they were asking... Is you... everybody calling him now? Is everybody calling them now to do interviews? Since I think got, so. Since, since they, they did. got uh, McFarlane, yeah, yeah. Because then they did. They had uh, they Eric had Larson. Larson. And they, yeah. And I, I really haven't paid attention. To I want to see him do Frank Miller. That'll be the good one. That would be. The fucking but anyway, so or Rob Liefeld. I love how Jim Rugg like just goes for the juggler. Asks he's really like he asked Miller. He's like, so you know, you kind of, you kind of do the same kind of stuff every time. Like you have kind of a formula, you know, is. Do you have an interest in like doing more like you know artistic or more like edgy or like more uh, I don't know what the right word is high art type stuff? He's like, you know, this is just like the kind of stuff I like. Like when people would ask me like what my favorite movies are, I'd be like Jaws, Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> He's like, and and my friends would be like, no, no, tell him you like like more you know sophisticated stuff. He's like, well, that's the stuff I like, and so that's the stuff I write because that's what I'm into. You know what I mean? He's like. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, a lot of people make a comic just to get it turned into a TV show. You all, a lot of your comics, you know, you have the Netflix deal and, you know, all your stuff gets turned into movies or TV shows. He's like, he's like, dude, I'm all about the comics. I mean, yeah, it's great. And I like the money, but I mean, I'm about the comics. Like he's so totally about making comics, you know, it's just yeah. interesting. So. It just happens to be the way that he writes comics is almost... It's very easy to adapt. That's right. Easy to adapt, almost storyboard yeah. in that type of way. And his stuff is very commercial. That's what they were saying. It's like, yeah. your stuff's very commercial. He's like, well, that's what I like. But that's what I like. <laughs> yeah. well, and, that's, and that makes sense. I mean, especially if that's what he grew up with, you know, and stuff. Yeah. And, and the, the genres that he liked. Correct. He's just probably converting it over yeah. into a comic medium. But he's also got a very sharp wit and, yeah. you know, good writing tools, I guess, in his own way, you know, type things. That, yeah. To bring it across. And then he said the way he gets his artists, and they called him out on this too, it's like, we've heard this story that you go up to like an artist that you want to work with, and you say, well, you can keep working for uh, for um, Marvel. Marvel and be a thousandaire, or you can come work with me and be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> and, you so, know, I think, I don't know how much he got from the Netflix deal, but like all those properties that they bought were stuff that he had co-created with the artists. And he's like, yeah, all my artists, I split everything 50-50. He's like, so when the Netflix money deal came... Every artist got 50-50 of everything that was we signed. given. So, I mean, some of those artists must have made out like a bandits because... Made them. a good chunk. Yeah, probably six figures easily. Well, yeah, yeah but some of them, because some of the Kingsmen, those were already movies. Yeah, so, so those weren't part yeah. of the deal. Like, a lot of stuff wasn't part of the deal. But... Because Kick-Ass because was wasn't. Given, probably right? Wanted Kingsman, wasn't. I think Wanted wasn't. Because that was Givens, right? Yeah, yeah Givens. Givens. Givens is loaded anyway. Well, so. yeah, I mean, he got movie money for yeah. the Kingsmen and then... Watchmen, kick ass, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, John Romita Jr. was kick ass. Yeah, I'm I know, sure but that's what I'm saying. Well. John Romita Jr. probably got some decent money well, from kick ass. Got money though, anyway. He's very rich. I don't man. know, really. No, I mean, he's just been kick-ass. doing comics forever. But he had kick ass. Kick ass didn't make a ton of money, did it? Well, they made enough to pay everybody pretty good. Chunk. Are you talking about the movie or the comic book? The movie. 
Um, okay. I mean, so they make a ton of money there. I just figured that you already had quite a bit just in name recognition. I was talking about John Romita Jr. Yeah, yeah, so John Romita Jr. But John Romita Jr. has been in comics for 40 well, years. Yeah, that yeah. Too. I mean, but, yeah, probably he's got decent sales from artwork and, and yeah, he probably gets things. a decent. But I don't know. Does Marvel do. Well, they do deals or they get a straight page rate. I mean. They pay John the, Romita Jr. more than they pay. I, mean, I would assume they do because do. of the fact yeah, that they you know he went artist. and I don't remember, but I mean he was so popular at the time and well, it's like you know type stuff. They had to do different deals with different artists. Well, from that point there. of view, I mean, is Bagley rich as hell then? Because Bagley's yeah. been doing it forever. Mm, probably. And, I mean, it just seemed like Romita was. I don't think Romita made money, major money off his comics. He made money off the movie too. Gotcha. He may have, yeah. And I'm sure he made decent off the comics, but he's All not right. like a huge. Speaking of artwork, I got a new piece of artwork. I brought it over to show you. All right. Ooh. I want to show Scott first because Scott will have no idea who it is. I just want to see what he thinks of it. Okay. So I'm going to get Scott's reaction. <laughs> Great. First. Well, no, I'm just saying because you don't know <laughs> no, like I artists. Guess, I don't. So I'm going to show him first to see what he thinks. Just like cover my eyes. No, it's. Oh, okay. Ooh. Just don't read on the back. I won't. Hmm. So is now this is original from like a yep. comic there mm -hmm. sheet type thing. Yep, that's pretty sweet. I have a, yeah, you're right. I have absolutely no idea who it is. Do you know who it is? No, you can't tell. Well, it I looks kind of familiar. I want to say like Ryan Brown, but it's not quite him. No, got a little Buster Moody to it. That stuff there. But it's no. Stoko. Oh, it's Stoko? That's yeah, cool. it's Moon Knight. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah, I read that book. Yeah. Oh, it's that's cool. Issue 7, page 5. Nice. So I've always, Sweet. I've, I've always wanted to get, like, a Stoko page. Yeah, it's too big. And so, like, you know, he's got a ton of stuff, but I don't know. I, was, I started looking at the Moon Knight stuff, and I just like the... I really like the... The blacks, you yeah. know what I mean? Like I, I when I buy a page, I really look, that, and I love the contrast. That guy on that. is just freaking cool. Plus that panel is awesome. Yeah. That top panel, yeah. and then you get the space stuff. And I was like, yeah, because there were two pages that I was going back and forth for. There's one that it's a, it's like a half page, but it's sideways, and it's yeah. like of the astronaut where he's getting hit, and there's just glass everywhere. Yeah, I don't know. That was really cool, but it was like. It was kind of expensive, but they were running a sale on yeah, that cool. website, so I got it for a little bit cheaper. But Did you ink it? <laughs> yes, I inked it. Well, that's cool. That's Stoko's a great get, man. But yeah, so finally I have cool. a Stoko page. There you go. Cool. Very uh, nice. Yep. No, it, I mean there was the problem is there's not a lot of like if I had more faces I could probably have figured it out. Yeah, I know. But, there's just no human face. Right. Stoko has a very distinctive style. Yeah, well, I always, like, the thing that of... drew me to kind of Buster Moody is he's kind of stuck. I'm like, they're I'm not saying either one of them. I was kind of close. I said, but... like, Buster or uh, Ryan Brown, they both have kind of Right, like and all three of them kind of have hmm. that kind of cartoony, cartoony like, sort of, yeah. manga, mm -hmm. anime kind of thing, so. Those are some huge details, in a way. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I paid... A bunch of money for just solid black. That's easy. You may watch the horrible comedies on Netflix that they've been releasing. There was uh, Lovebirds. You may watch that. No. No. How about The Wrong Missy? No. No, but I've heard it. Is that a movie or it's a, a show? It's a movie. 
Okay. Now, I've heard, there's a guy at work told me that I have to watch that. I don't know if you have to watch it, but it's not, I mean, it's bad, but it's kind of funny. Mm. Yeah, is it? It's David Spade, so it oh, can't be good. Oh, I did see that, yes. Mm. And it's got the goofy chick that was on yes. Big Bang Theory there yes. for a little while, yeah. The yeah. goofy chick. Uh, she ran the comic book store with yeah. uh, the uh, other yeah. gotcha. guy. She's been in a lot of stuff now, I think. Could mm. be. Yeah, I do remember seeing that trailer. For that but yeah, I watched thing. both those horrible Really? Well, I mean, Lumberg was okay, but it wasn't great. And then the wrong Missy was, it was what you expect. It's like an Adam Sandler movie, but with David Spade, basically. I heard what, or I saw that Uncut Gems or whatever is on there. Oh, is that on there now? Yeah. yeah I, need to I think it that. just started here recently. That movie looks stressful. It does, but I'd like to watch it. Yeah, I want to see so. it too. I want to go back and, or I mean, I want to go, well, I was going to go rent some movies this weekend, but I just had too, way too much stuff to do around the house. Cool. Yeah, I still lazy. A guy that I work with, he saw Birds of Prey, and he said it was not good. Yeah, I don't know. I liked it. Well, I yeah, you first, saw it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I still I don't know. I, I want to rent. Maybe the, it's just the fact that I think Margot Robbie does a great job. As I think it's just you in the theater seeing a cool movie is all. Yeah, and you were just looking for. A I want to see. I do want to see the Joker, and I still want to see the Joker, and I still want to. I'm interested in Birds of Prey just to see. But Birds I, of Prey, was, I, I thought, has some to... really good action scenes in it, and fairly memorable, you know, type stuff, you know, in there, yeah, from an action perspective. And Ewan McGregor is, I thought, was really good as kind of the crazy bad guy, you know, type thing, over the top, you know. Yeah. And so. <sighs> I don't know. It's it's not the best, but it's no, DC as well. Right. So you know, I, I don't. Know. I'm interested. It, I, I found it an enjoyable, you know, have escapism seen, type of thing. Have you seen Bloodshot yet? No, I no. Uh, My another, dad did. Yeah, I think he kind of liked it. Another guy from work saw it. He's kind of a comic book. Guy, well, I finally and saw. He said that it was okay. Mm-hmm. I finally saw Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yeah. a I great movie! I enjoyed it. I did Good stuff. My wife even liked it. Really, my wife. She's like, not. I like that more than I thought I did. Yeah. I would, and I was like, yeah. cool. Nah, my wife is not a fan. Well, come on, Hitler's hilarious. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Apparently, Jimmy Jimmy Fallon's in trouble now because he did a blackface Chris Rock was impersonation that like in twenty years ago. Oh yeah, I heard he apologized for it or whatever. Yeah. What? Let's talk it. Yeah. All right, let's do some comic books. Okay. I have one, two, three, four, five things. I have three. Are those all new comics? Did you, like, go get those? I did. I went and got new comics. Are they full of COVID? Did you wear a mask? I did not wear a mask. Haven't you heard that you can't, like, get COVID from stuff? Contact surfaces. Not very very easily. You have to, like, go up there and ah, lick it and everything else. Are they doing free comic book day this Weekend? Are they really? No, I think they moved it to like August or something. I thought I saw something like on Wizards or, or something. They had like May thirtieth or something. They were doing free comic book day. Wow, I had not heard that. I thought well, they maybe Wizards is doing it by themselves or something. Yeah, I don't know. Without That's big comics. news, you know, type thing. I would think you should yeah. be up on that as all, a podcast. We should know that. All I've been, <laughs> all I've been getting on my email is just emails from DCBS that About stuff that's shit's canceled. been canceled. Yeah, the schedule's all messed up. So, are we just gonna get like a thousand books in one month? Or are they just no? They they like us? I think they're gonna just dole it out over 
So that's just delayed, and they're just going to slowly go down. I don't know. Well, my, as much stuff as they're canceling, my next, whatever my next well, payment is. Well, a lot of is, the stuff that I already it ordered. It should be free. A lot of the stuff that I already ordered, I'm now reordering for the next month because it's like they're resoliciting it, you know. And it's confusing. I know, it's going to get really I better not confusing. get doubles of anything, because I'm going to be mad. I'm like, dude, just because it's on two different Did they come ports. out with a new previews then? How are you reordering stuff that's been canceled? Well, I've seen, like, the solicitations. I haven't seen the actual previews yet. Uh, but there should be a previews coming out, I believe. Gotcha. But I haven't seen one. But they have, like, you know, stuff that this is what they're shipping in August or whatever. Or this is what yeah, they're not to Yeah, not to be, like, third, you know, first world problems type thing with, like, a global pandemic. But <laughs> it really is going to be a pain in the ass trying oh, to I figure know. out Cause I was, like, going through all my old what I've orders, ordered, what's been like, canceled, what I have to reorder, what... Yeah, and, and I'm like, it's really gonna what be have it. I ordered? Some of them have done pretty well where they're not making you reorder a lot of stuff, but they're just delivering it later. I just I just know I'm going to either miss something or get doubles of something because I I can't imagine being a store right now with pre-order customers and be like, <laughs> what did they order? They want this? Do we already order that? Is this for them? Is this for them? Oh my, I can't even imagine. According to this, free comic book day has just been postponed until late summer. Huh. They, they don't even have a date, and that's like their official, you know, free comic day website type yeah. thing. So yeah, All right. so I don't know. I don't see that there's. I know a when dates. I saw that. like a post. It was on Facebook. Something about it was like Wizards Asylum, or no, maybe it was like a well, national. They just like, want to get people in the store, you know. So and they were saying about some about free comic book day that it was going to be postponed or canceled. And some guy was on there complaining about it. He's like, I wasn't really complaining. It was like a comment. And he's like, oh, that's too bad. He's like, I really like Free Comic Book Day. And some jackass gets on there. He's like, seriously? There's pandemic. People are losing their jobs. Businesses are going under. And you're complaining because you can't go get a free comic book that the comic book store has to pay for? <laughs> he and, said he missed Yeah, and the guy I comes back. It, yeah. The guy comes back and goes... Yeah, uh, I don't pick up the free comic books, but my store usually has sales and stuff, so I can get comic books and games, and it's just a cool atmosphere because it's like a day of this and that. You know, this guy's like jumping down this guy's throat. Seriously, you want a free comic book? I really book? wish everybody could be just a little less judgy right now. I know. You know, it's like everybody's just jumping on everybody's It seems like... It's like, dude, everybody's a little stressed. Okay. It Understand everybody has different perspectives. It's okay if you don't agree, but you don't have to judge everybody. It right? seemed like there for like maybe Everybody's a week or two. Opinionated right now. Right? It no, seemed like for a week or two, like when it first kind of happened, like the shit hit the fan. Yeah. Like everybody was kind of like, oh, this is sad. People are getting sick and some Last people are dying. And people are losing their jobs and. We've all we're all in this together, and yeah. let's all be lovey dovey. And it lasted for like a week and a half. Somehow the media politicized and then, it and got that whole like liberal, you know, conservative bent to it, and now it's become this whole political. I don't know how they do that and why everybody falls for it. You know what I mean? It's like people you're being so manipulated by the media by having them turn it into like a red blue. You know, it's like it's not, man. It, I don't know why people. Like, somebody was like, yeah, my daughter who, you know, had had a H1N1, you know, she was wearing a mask and someone yelled at her, you're a girl pussy, like, in the middle of... It's like... <laughs> really? So Just getting, because I choose to... Like, it's like you're getting criticized for wearing a mask, you're getting criticized for <laughs> don't wear a mask. Guess. And it's like, guys, it's not... A, wearing a mask is not a political statement. It's a personal... 
choice, responsibility, whatever you want to call it. Do what you feel you need to do. No, if if you wear a mask, it means you're a Democrat. And if you don't wear a mask, it means that you love Trump. Because Trump said you don't have to wear a mask. Oh, yeah, I know. And I, it's just I, just, like, I can't wait to get my supply of hydrochloroquine cleansed so I can start taking it. it. So I can start taking it like Trump does. Okay. That and a dose yeah. of zinc every and day. I just need, what, a two-week <laughs> regimen of it and I'll be fine. <laughs> it's a fucking thing that you got to take all the goddamn time to protect yourself with whatever. I don't know what that... I guess you're okay for two weeks. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Fucking stupid. Don't, don't get me started on that. Come on. Okay. Outcast. So Outcast is going to 48. This is 45. So um, not so. just at the end of... I don't want to spoil too much, but somebody turned traitor and has joined like the good guys from the bad guys' side, and the bad guys are closing in, and oh, you know, boy. It's, it's just building up for the big battle. It's been building up for this big battle for about three or four issues pretty good. Is so. that all? With Kirkman, I expect yeah, more. It's, maybe it's even longer. I don't know. But it's it is, it is, there's only three issues left, so it's got to eventually, <laughs> it's gotta eventually have the big battle because there's only three issues left. Okay. He, didn't, he didn't have the Walking Dead success. Kirkman. He's oh, butthurt because the TV show got canceled. I don't think he, I think oh, he I had know. this going. I think it's about what he wanted. I understand. <laughs> I actually liked the show. I never and watched it. They left up really season two. They left it on a really good cliffhanger. Oh, and they didn't finish. No. We have to well, didn't they? Did they release season three in some areas, or did they just not do anything? I think about that was season okay. two. They released in some areas. Is that what like, it I think was? It was okay. delayed here. Like it didn't come right away. Like okay. it was in some countries. That's what I thought. It was first. something weird. One of the seasons. I think that okay. was season two. But eventually, okay. did come. I think. Okay. Okay. I, I watched it. So, but yeah, Somewhere. Outcast is still really good. I really like Paul as a setter. Who's I mean, artist. I watched it like in my house. He has a really cool kind of <laughs> style. I, in my house. I don't know. I still enjoy Paul as a setter stuff. It's pretty cool. But thanks for talking about where you watched the Outcast TV show. While I'm trying to talk right. about the comic book. It's we cool. got it. It's a build up. <laughs> it's a build up a to guy, a war. A guy from, do something so I can talk about from, what I was watching. A guy my from house. a bad guy or a good guy switched aside. And it's building up to Dude, a big war. You gotta talk about birthright while you're talking about build up to a big oh, war. Oh, that might as well. It's, okay, that so one is a big series. war going now on right done. now, right? So birthright. Look at that cover. A freaking head or something like over there. Oh, you gotta see the inside. Holy shit. Bressid. Andre Bresson. Yes, does the art. So birthright. Look at the crap in the background. I mean, that is just fantastic. Huh? Sorry. No, you're fine. Enjoy the artwork. It's yeah. So birthright is the same kind of thing. It's building up to the war has war has brought his forces over to this side. Yeah, I mean the war is happening now. The war is happening. Yeah. So it's not like it's building up to it. It's happening. What they're building up to is the big showdown between um, Mikey, Mikey, and (laughs) War. Like they're having the the rematch is coming. So this this issue ends with him. They're basically facing off, and so the next issue I think is just going to be like all out battle. Now when's it end? 50 is supposed 50, to go through. okay. And that's 48? This is 43. That's oh, So I don't know what they're going to do with the last arc, because I feel like they're really ending. But yeah, this is the inside of the artwork that I was talking about. See, there he is on his motorcycle. Oh, yeah. It's like chopping people's heads off. There's a whole page of him just riding around like Ghost Rider with his chain, but with his sword. Freaking hell, and like no words or anything, hardly. Yeah, it's oh, pretty yeah. cool. It's pretty awesome. But yeah, Perfect, because Drew hates words. <laughs> they have their big talk, lots way. of words with lore, and they talk about it. And, uh, and their next issue is Throwdown. Throwdown time, man. Maybe. But yeah, that makes me Maybe wonder, because like, let's say Lore and him fight and the battle ends and something happens. I, he either wins or something. 
I don't think I do for the last. I don't think Good Guy's gonna win, and then Epidol- the last Epidol- arc will be Mikey taking over Laura's Dominion, yeah, and then he'll turn evil. Five issues, I guess we'll see. Yeah, they'll he'll we'll take over the Dominion, and then they'll fast forward at the very last one. Fifty. Yeah, it'll years, be like an invincible. Evil. Yeah, it could be. It'll do be. a thousand years in um, four pages. I mean, Josh <laughs> Williamson, the writer, he's done a pretty good job of like making a lot of twists and turns in this book to where you don't always know what's going to happen. That so is true. We'll see what he comes up with. I bet he's got something good planned, but we'll see what happens. I don't know. But anyway, since they were both building up, I thought that was... Nice. Do them right. But yeah, I thought it was good two guys, for there right there. You guys can do something. Cool. You guys can do I'll something. I'll go out of turn or something out of the regular turn. I was going to start reading these. The Last up Man, book three. I just figured I'll bring one book a week, you know, whatever. There we go. Would you be offended if I start reading it too and we talk about book four at the same time? No. God, no. Okay. No, sounds like I want to steal your thunder. No, no, no. It's all good. I mean, right. I, I'm glad that it like is helping to encourage people to like read. Read. <laughs> Ironically, I started reading my Big Paper Girls uh, omnibus. Oh, wow. So maybe I'll read that instead. Sorry, Stuggy. Kids you know, read well, real well. What's great about these are they're so quick to to go through too. I mean, even Brian. I mean, Vaughn's not like he, he he does dialogue, you know, and stuff. And there's jabs, you know, and there's some parts, you know, where it gets pretty talky. But overall, the move, the whole book just moves fast. You know, it's oh, it. You know, like when you're talking about Ozark, it just seems like one damn disaster after a freaking another. You know, is just happening in this book all the time. And this particular arc is about the fact that. Uh, when the apocalypse happened or whatever and all the men died, there happened to be some astronauts out in space at the time. Well, in this case, on the space station, there was one female and two males. And they're still alive, these two guys up there on the space station. And so this is, they they were supposed to come back to Earth like six months ago or something. So rations, everything else is really thin up there. So they're like, we just got to take our chance, you know, and get the hell back down there. So that's what really what this... But yeah, and and that's what this whole arc is about. Is pretty much hey, we, we there's a Russian uh, spy, I guess, or whatever that happens to know that the astronauts are coming down and where they're going to be coming down at, and so she's trying to get to Kansas of all places to to be prepared for when the astronauts land. Kansas. Yep. Wow. But all the chaos ensues from there because they still got the, the Israelis after them. And, and things of that nature, and why last man ever? While he's the last man, all the women want to kill him. It seems like either have sex with him or kill him. I mean, that's, that's pretty true. much. That's the, all he's good for. The, yeah, pretty much. That's uh, that's their choices with him. Hmm. It's still good though, well written, and this kind of at the end of it introduces, I think, a little bit of where the future wants to go. You know, type things uh, being uh, Doctor Man's. Uh, father or something to that effect. So it's starting to lead a little bit more to that side of the house. But there's another part in here, you know, now knowing, you know, how the whole thing ends and stuff in which they make a little off snide reference, you know, for like at the, one of the last arcs is about a play traveling, um, uh, what would you say? Stage show or something like that. Um, and then make some comment about the whole plague and go, well, something about, uh, the Black Plague was unnatural. It was Mother Nature's way of getting back at the at the men or something like that, you know, type things, which is almost like a foreshadowing of kind of where this is going in some ways, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff. 
I don't remember how it ends, so that. Oh, you don't? So you okay. remember how it ends? No. That's about the only thing I really remember about this. It's mm. kind of cool because I'm kind of picking back up some of the rest of this as it goes along. Going, so when oh, I, yeah. if I do go back so, and reread it, I should read the last issue first, first and then go and, and then go read. back. Yeah. And, yeah, that's a perfect plan. That, that sounds like a good plan. Cool. Well, you know, you talked about there being words. It's like I know I complain about words, but some writers are really good that even when they get wordy, you don't mind. And Vaughn is <laughs> Honestly, one of them. I complain about it though. Believe Bru Baker's another one. Oh yeah, believe yeah, I know. I mean, I, and then I read other some writers, old comics. Other it's writers, old comics. No, it's some of the new stuff too. It's just like people just there's a. I mean, writing's hard, obviously, and some people are really good at giving you the information and not making it feel like a chore. Yeah, and some people aren't. And that's what people I think Kirkman's good at it as well. And he can be good too. very wordy. He can be very wordy, but yeah. it comes across not annoying. Yeah. Like yeah. you're interested or it's the voice is right. The voice is right. It doesn't drone. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like you have those, you know, lecturer teachers that some of them just like make you want to blow your brains out of the mm -hmm. ones, you know, you don't mind listening to. Bueller. They're saying the same amount of words. Bueller. It's just the way they say them. Right. So anyway, Vaughn is definitely one of the ones who... I would agree. It's good, good at it. Yeah. Getting information to <clears throat> good at on. Good with words. I'll do these in order, I guess. The, the books. In order? Well, numbers of books. Oh. What book came out first? Oh, you're going to talk about that, are you? Yeah, why not? Scott I've hates read this book. Scott hates this book? How could Craven's Scott hate Last Hunt. You've read it? I no, I or maybe he read it, but we talked about it. I talked about it like because I think I read it digitally or something. And he's like, "That sounds horrible." <laughs> we go back to the podcast. This, this is one of the greatest Spider-Man stories of all time. Raven's last hunt, huh? Maybe yeah. Drew just didn't sell it to the, me. I don't know if it's this edition. If they recolored it, well, let me see. But they, but they list um, Mike Zek as co-colorer um, i don't care for the coloring in this book i don't know i, I should have pulled out like my original issues and compared it most of it's good but some of it just is off and mostly just on the covers um, so i don't know if they like recolored it all right so basically craven's last hunt um it's a six issue story it ran through three different spider-man titles it's amazing it didn't matter so J.M. DeMatteis? J.M. DeMatteis. And Zek inked every issue. John Beatty didn't do it? No, I mean, I mean Zek penciled every issue, but Beatty did not ink it. It was a different ink. Bob McCloud did uh, the inking. But in the back, they show some, uh, they show original pencils. Yeah. It's loose pencils. Is it? Because he did, like, basically six books fairly quickly you know well, what i mean it's funny because bob mcleod's kind of a penciler too yeah well from what i can see on so the, maybe he doesn't get enough credit for that book in the few but uh, yeah in the few pages that i've seen like it's 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 a step above like thumbnails and eh, maybe a couple steps above the thumbnails. pages you've seen are they in there well yeah what i'm saying in the back of the book they have um original pages. pencil pages pencil pages in the back Ooh. And some of them are very loose. Pencils. I think they're just small. I don't think they're that loose. Really? Yeah, I think you're seeing it small. Huh. Okay. That's pretty tight to me. Alright, anyway. Alright, so Craven's Last Hunt. Best Spider Man story ever? One of the best Spider Man stories of all. One of Is the it best. Is it even a Spider Man story? It's more of a Craven story. No, it's a Spider Man you know, story. You think that's loose? No. I no, mean, that's. Good. And imagine that zoomed in. I mean, it's pretty tight. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. 
I know you're an Inco dude, so you would know better than me. Well, no, I. Well. And the covers are definitely very tight. Yeah, right? no, the the covers are very tight. It just look like dude. some of the pencils, but I anyway. Know. I did. I did go. I would look at the pencil page and then go back to the original. Yeah. And look at it. There's a lot of see. ink on there. There's a lot of ink on there. But um, anyway, so it it really kind of is. I mean, it, it's a Craven story, but it really is a Spider-Man story because, you know, he has to come back at the end and, you know, he's down Save on his luck. And, well, not really. I mean. I've been rereading Super Superior Spider-Man. It's kind of like the exact same story. Kind of, sort of. That's what I'm saying. So, basically, Craven. Do you know who Craven is? Yes. Okay. The so, Hunter. Right, Craven the Hunter. So he is kind of at the end of his ropes. He's like, I've done everything. He's like, the only thing I haven't done is beat Spider-Man and become Spider-Man. And, like, that's it. So he attacks Spider-Man. Well, he shoots him. So for most of the story, you don't know if he's dead. Or you think he's dead. And he buries him. So he has a gravesite. And so while that happens, Craven is going around pretending to be Spider-Man so that he can prove that he's better than Spider-Man. Not only did he kill him. It does him, sound like Superior Spider-Man. Not only did he kill him, but now he is him. Yes. And he's doing Spider-Man better than Spider-Man did Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Except he's really not. Except he's really not. But in his mind, he is. Mm -hmm. And so then, well, the story plays out. So then they bring in Vermin. Who Vermin had been beaten by recently in the comics by Captain America and Spider-Man. And he's basically, he's like a, he'd been experimented on, I guess. I don't really know Vermin's, they do a little bit of his origin, but Actually. I think it was, um, I want to say Baron Zemo did like some experimentation on him. But he he's kind of like a, he's kind of like Gollum, I guess. He like lives mm -hmm. in the sewers and like... Uh, Gollum would be a king. Well, I know, for, but I mean, he kind of looks—he kind of looks like Gollum a little looking bit. For he has the mental capacity. He has the mental capacity of Gollum. <laughs> Gollum. And uh, well, if you're 700 years old, yeah, we'll see how you. But but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of symbolism in here with uh, the rat, which Berman is the rat because he's friends with rats that live in the sewers and and things, and then the spider. So there's a lot of the spider and the rat kind of stuff in this hmm. um, Chinese calendar. Yes, but so anyway, so then Spider-Man is it. I mean, he doesn't even come out until probably like the third or the fourth issue, like maybe the end of the third issue or maybe the beginning of the six. fourth issue. I know. Well, he's obviously he, in the first issue. Well, yeah, a little bit. He's in the first issue and then he's gone and then probably like it seemed like he was gone for a while. So anyway, Spider-Man comes back out and he had in in this era he had just gotten married to Mary Jane. Mm. And so, you know, Mary Jane, he, he's gone for, like, weeks. So like you gotta weeks. go home and, like, sleep with the wife first. And so his wife is, like, worried about him because he hasn't come home. And then she sees things on the news that he's going around and he's, like... Because Craven is pretending to be Spider-Man. Right, right, right. But he's, like, breaking arms and, you know, he's he's more violent. He's not killing people, but he's not the way Peter would be. right. And so she's out of her mind because, you know, he's missing. And he has, well, he hasn't come home, and what she sees on the news doesn't seem like him. So anyway, he finally gets out of the grave. He busts out of the grave. And, right, and that's like an epic, you know, I mean, that's a scene that... Right, well, it's a really a cool freaking cover. cover. Yeah, exactly right, that's been shown <laughs> right. millions of times. Millions because of it times. is so cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. It's, it's iconic. Right. You know. 
But, um, and so then, you know, obviously Spider-Man comes back and then he figures out what's going on. So he goes back to Craven. Well, I mean, he knows because Craven is the one that shot him. So then he goes back to confront Craven. And then at this time, um, because Vermin like lives in the sewers, but he came out and he was been, he's been killing people and eating them. And so then it turns into a, a Craven has to beat Berman, and Craven did beat Berman, and then it's Spider Man fights Berman, and then this is what really like this was the shocker of the whole series. So then Craven's like, "Well, I've done everything I need to do," and he kills himself, shoots himself in the head with a rifle, yeah, I've and kills heard himself. This whole thing before, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Craven kills himself, and then. Uh, <laughs> Well, I wasn't even going to read it because I've read it so many times, but I wanted to go back and read all of the... It's understandable. And Especially it's a, if it's, it's like one of the story. top... It's you know, a good story. It's a Marvel premiere classics. Yeah. Are you reading them in order? Yeah. Yeah, you just came from... Yeah. But uh, of the order of the ones that I have. The order of the I ones that have, he likes. <laughs> I did skip full... I did, I did skip the Punisher. The, do you have Torment? I do. Premiere classics? Sweet. Yeah. You can't wait till I don't post it. I do have the Punisher, the do you have Circle Spirit of Blood, Spider Man, but I haven't. No, no, no. <laughs> but I skipped that one because I've read classic that. Scott. But anyway, Superior Spider Man is classic. But anyway, now, that's the whole. That's one. like the whole. <laughs> Just huge, based off of his description of it, is classic. The huge thing that comes out of this story is that Craven commits suicide, kills himself, so he's mm -hmm. like dead out of the Marvel universe, at least for now. And then, yeah, he stayed dead for a long time. Tommy didn't Tom McFarlane brought him back? Didn't he? I don't think so. Oh, uh, him coming back? No, that or was, was um, Voodoo or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, he stayed dead for a long time, I think. What, that, uh, in Spider-Man, that wasn't... God damn, I can't remember that. You know, when Mark, uh, well, uh, when they did that reboot of, well, or made that, well, was it just called Spider-Man, wasn't it, or whatever, when McFarlane, Todd, took it over? Oh, yeah. And, like, one of the arcs had freaking Craven in it. No, no that's it, what he's saying. That's what it was. It's, it's it Calypso. Was, and she, like, was? brought Craven back from his, I, like, uh, his zombie Craven. Was that what it was? Yeah. I don't even remember now, because yeah. I, I, I had it. I owned it. Correct. For a while. I tried to say he came back and Donji's correct. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know. And that's why, when you were mentioning that, I was like, really? I remember reading that story. I don't know that he ever came back, did he? Yeah. I, I know that, like... He's back. Is he? Okay. I know that his kids were around for a while or something. But I don't know. I think, I lost anyway, the train. Anyway, it's really good. The writing's really good. The art—it's Mike Zek art. They did jack up the coloring though. I know, right? It's, yeah, it looks weird. Mm -hmm. It's not—I don't want to say it's bad, but it's not good. Hmm. Well, it's funny because the cover coloring looks the same to me. Like I'm right. pretty familiar with that, but then it says in the credits that Richard Eisenhower did the color. Cover colors. Oh. Maybe there's a dust jacket you're not showing me that has There colors. is a dust... Uh, this volume I bought, I didn't have a dust jacket. Maybe that's what Richard Eisner did to cover It could be. For. So, yeah, I don't have the dust jacket that goes with that book. Wow, what a loser. Bought it at a convention. <laughs> and I always loved that book, and I saw it, and it had to have been cheap, because it had no I dust think jacket. I it. What number is this? Number one, I think. Oh, I think that's the that first one. one they did. Yeah, I don't have that one. Numero uno. Anyway, that's Craven's Last Hunt. J.M. Day Mateo and Mike Zek. Well, it's interesting because <laughs> at the beginning of the J.M. Day Mateus does a forward and he said that this story, he tried to do this story like two different times. Like he had a story where Batman 
thought he was like the Joker kills the Batman and then the Joker takes over and becomes Batman. Mm-hmm. And he he pitched that idea to DC. Yeah, I like it. And it was right around the time when the Killing Joke was coming. Uh, out. And they're like, "Well, we already have this Joker story <laughs> coming out." So, and it's by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. <laughs> so it got Brian pushed Bowen. aside, or Brian Bowen, I'm sorry. And then uh, there was another one. He said he he pushed. He did another. I don't remember what it was. And then he came around and they so, were looking for a story. So this really was like this was third, supposed to be a Batman Joker story. It was supposed to be a Batman Joker. Story. He turned into a Spider-Man Craven story. Right. I but feel the like whole my childhood has just been ripped from me. <laughs> <laughs> the whole point of his introduction was. That a story has Could to... Could you imagine the Joker taking over as Batman? They did that story, though, didn't I'm they? Oh, I'm sure they have. And I was thinking you just talked about it, like, in well, last White year. Knight. White Knight. Was that what it was? Well, yeah, but that's not necessarily... Not that's quite like the same. It's slightly different, it's, but it's it, kind of the same. Right. It's, it's in the genre. Yeah, I mean, but, I um, think so. I don't know. But the point of it was that he was saying that, like, I really had this, what I thought was a cool story, but it took me, whatever, eight years to get to it, and then it totally changed. Yeah. So it's like the evolution of how a writer has a story and a story takes over yeah. and it waits and it becomes what it's meant to become. I, when I talk about that, yeah, maybe uh, we might go revisit that, okay. you know, type things of the okay. eye of gestation and things right. of that nature of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Savage Dragon, 248. We're getting closer to 250. This is super late. I was reading a thing um, from Eric Larson on like Facebook, and he was saying about how like Savage Dragon is set in the real world and mm-hmm. it goes in real time. He's like, I don't have any idea how to like write the book now uh, with COVID nineteen. He's <laughs> like, because one of the kids is supposed to start like kindergarten or first grade <laughs> next year. He's like, is there even gonna be like a kindergarten or first yeah. grade? Like, is it gonna translate? Cause, yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting. interesting. Um, so Dragon or Malcolm Dragon moved to Canada a while Canada. back. Well, the story now is all the villains in Chicago, where Dragon was from, Malcolm and the original Savage Dragon, they're like getting like all getting rid of in Chicago. So they're all moving to Canada too. So they all come across the border. <laughs> what? So Malcolm's problems <laughs> when they like charge the border, they're all super powered freaks, bad guys. So well, why all... the hell did they leave Chicago when they're number one freaking? Bad guy's they, gone. Yeah, why would yeah. they flock to where dragons are? Well, because they they're like the city is like dropping this drug called Freakout, which takes all their powers away. Like they're like they're like crowd crop dusting the whole city with this stuff. Oh, and okay. so they're like really cracking down on them, and so they're getting okay. the hell out. That that makes more sense. Yeah, okay. sorry, I should sorry. That part get the hell out. So they're getting the hell out, and they're coming to get the hay out of here to Canada, where Malcolm's at. So of course they're going to gear up for a big battle. And then the previous issue. Um, Jennifer Dragon had been seriously injured, and so they do the same thing that they've done a few times, which is kind of like his cop-out, where Malcolm's blood regenerates you, right? Like, you can heal from anything, like, you can grow back limbs and crap or whatever. So they take his blood, and they inject it in someone, and that person then gains their re- his regenerated powers. The problem is, after you grow your stuff back within, like, a couple hours, you will explode because the blood can't handle the human in it kills you so they inject you with the blood it grows you back and then they hit you with another drug the freak out the thing that they're crop dusting which takes your powers away and so they heal you and then they take the powers away before you explode right so that's what they did and so they saved her and got her back 
Is Whatever. this the first time they've done that? No, they've done it like a number of times. When there's yeah. someone is seriously injured, they're like, it well, we'll just like take it. Malcolm's blood, we'll give him the power, and then we'll hit him with freak out. Why don't they you know? just do that to everybody in the world? That's I mean, the problem, like... is like, there's only so much blood that he can give, they obviously. They should just like, well, they should be so drawing his damn plasma yeah, at least so every could, damn two weeks. They could theoretically and... heal like any remedy or any disease with this, and so then he would just like be hooked up to things, sucking his blood as fast as it can to heal the world's problems or whatever. Yeah. So, anyway... I'm guessing he's going to somehow write out of this issue problem or whatever. Because it's getting a little out of control. It's like his go-to, like, solve everything problem. It's how nobody dies. Solution or whatever. Yes. So, anyway. But, yeah, that was this issue, basically. So, it's gearing up for 250. I assume Dart and all the Chicago bad guys are coming to wreak havoc. And he's going to have to take them down. So. Excellent. We'll see. Excellent. Well, I'm almost done. You are almost done. I read Sandman Volume 2, The Dollhouse, after reading the, the first one, whatever the hell it was this called. This is the second one. This is the second one. The first one was Preludes and Nocturnes. And Nocturnes. Yes. So The Dollhouse. I am realizing I don't remember this very well at all. So uh, it's kind of good to go back to. In fact, I don't even know if I really remember how this whole thing ends too much. I don't either. Um, Isn't that weird? I think there's a baby involved. But, um, so essentially this is kind of built, at the end of Prelude to Nocturnes, he introduces, I say he, being Neil Gaiman, introduces the character of Death. All right? Which is kind of opening up a little bit of that world of the endless that he has in his mind. So Dollhouse is kind of trying to introduce even more members of that that endless type of type of thing being in this case more of desire i think also despair is kind of put in there as well um they make you know some little remarks i think about destiny or something like that and desire or something well well desire despair uh, they make some uh, you know comments about two others and then some other one i think that's been missing for a while but I don't think they really make much of a mention past that. So it's just kind of like a foreshadowing for something that's coming later. But the whole idea of this one, pretty much in general, is that in Preludes and Nocturnes, when Dream gets captured, there was a, you know, all sorts of people were having some funky dreams and people going into comas and whatever the hell else. And one of the characters that was in a coma in like almost an eternal dream would pop in and out here and there, actually got pregnant and had a child and um, didn't know anything about it because they were in and out of sleep all the dang time. So essentially the basis of this one is the fact that... There you go. The the basis of this one is the fact that 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 person that woke up from sleep, you know, like after 80 years or whatever the heck else, finds out that they have a child. They somehow have a whole lot of money. They bring their child in at this point in time now has a grandchild, you know, type things over to see her and things of this nature. And you come to find out it, that the grandchild is actually a dream vortex where they can kind of suck in dreams and break down the walls between the, the dream worlds of multiple people and kind of start combining dreams and things like this and basically just causing a whole bunch of havoc and chaos in the dream world. And pretty much Dream is, he, he says that essentially that is his main job in, as an endless type of thing is to control the dream world and to make sure that it doesn't get 
destroyed because if the dream world gets destroyed and people's dreams go haywire and whatever the hell else, it essentially kills the world. It'll be like dreamscape. There you go. So his essentially dream basically says, yeah, I effed up at my job before and it essentially took out a world. So he's saying, you know, hey, I got it. This is my job is to when I dream vortex comes up, I got to take you out, you know, type thing. I don't. Sorry, you know, if you've only lived, you know, if you're a teenager or whoever the heck you are, I can't have a dream vortex hanging around. So that's really the basis of the whole story, you know, and through here is is him trying to the it's introducing this girl who happens to be a dream vortex and and the things that go on through her life at this period of time and dream and what he has to try to do. One of the things that's interesting in this one is the dream vortex, this teenage girl, is looking for actually her brother. Uh, her brother's, you know, having a crappy life as well. He's like chained in the basement somewhere. But as they're trying to track him down, or as, as she's trying to track him down, she stops off at this hotel that's having a convention at the time, and it's the for the cereal convention that's spelled like, you know, breakfast cereal. Well, it's actually cereal, cereal, cereal killers. Yeah, convention. And, uh, yeah, exactly. What I remember the same thing as I was going through. Oh, I kind of vaguely remember this. Yeah, and, and the stupid things that, that they're going on there and the whole panels and everything else that they have you know, and, and things. So it's, it's, funny. It's, it's humorous, but yet it's also kind of uh, twisted. You know, twisted in its own way. Interesting yeah. now. They actually have those now oh, because okay. of like the, the, well, they're like true or true crime. Yeah. Because now like that's a huge genre, like with podcasts and stuff. There's like so many true yeah, crime. Yeah, but this was actual serial killers. Yes, but this was the actual killers yeah. were all getting together. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. if so they have that they going on, they don't, have, they don't have those. No, no. Because <laughs> well, we should have the cops go there. Actually, you know where it's at. Uh, I think so, out? yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. But you're probably right. They they probably do have conventions where they have people get together talking about uh, conspiracies or you know serial killer type th- people. You know, in the yeah, I always remember that being a really interesting idea at the time, like really witty, you know, clever. Oh yeah, clever use of words and things. But yeah, Dollhouse was never my favorite Sandman book. It just always didn't work for me or something. Uh, well, I don't know. Like I say, I. I don't tell what I still done. I don't remember this thing at all for the most part. So getting back into it, it's kind of like I couldn't tell you if this is one of the better ones or not because I don't remember the well, rest. Did of you it. like this one? I did enjoy it. Yeah, did you? I thought that it moved at a pretty good pace. I I think I may have actually liked this one better than the first one, to gotcha. tell you the truth. So because it's kind of breaking away from that whole introduction and kind of being part of the DC universe, you know, where he was trying to filter some things in there and have. You know, maybe a guy from Arkham Asylum here, you know, whatever mm-hmm. else, you know, and things. And he's basically saying, hey, this is my thing. And yeah. I'm introducing this this strange mythology of the endless, you know, and things. Sure. And kind of introducing a bit more of that. Cool. So I liked it. Um, I do admit, though, and it's not a, a knock against, uh, I think it's what, Mike uh, Dringenberg or whatever. But I think that... Uh, Durgenberg. There you go. Durgenberg. That... Uh, that uh what was it is it uh sam keith sam keith there you go is a stronger artist especially for this type of material he um, must have made so much money off these sandman books he doesn't have to do any other work you, you don't see him do anything now he's done stuff like he, name one thing don he did that book that i talked about like within the last couple of years that uh uh, something l and the egret it was like a five issue series mm-hmm. that came out through like um 
uh, what's the a walk through hell? Aftershock. Aftershock. I think it was aftershock. Wow. And the artwork's still not bad. I mean, it works into some of this. It's just that some of the maybe detail that maybe Sam Keith had and, and well, and yeah, style I and mean, things. It's, it's just. Just not quite the same, not, which now, you know, after talking with you guys and stuff of that nature, I think I noticed it a bit more than I probably did when I originally read through yeah. a lot of this. Because not knocking that like, guy, but... No, exactly right. But, but, you're, but you're exactly <laughs> but right, you know, especially Keith. after reading the volume one. I don't think I had these all just boom, 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 boom when I bought them before. I think I bought one, then waited a couple of months before I bought the next. And I noticed it more so now when I read one going over to two that, huh, Art styles, you know, yeah. has changed quite considerably. Early Sandman isn't really Sam Keith either. So, I mean, it doesn't well, that's true too. Like but it, it, but it's, 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 it's different. It's still it's a just, different vibe. You can tell it's a, yeah, very good way to put it. A different vibe. Just a, you can tell it's a strong. Just looking through that, that just like, looks like run of the mill. You yeah, know what I mean? I like, agree. It's not very impressive. Cookie cutter. Imagine artwork. if Sandman had really great artists working on it. I think it has some really cool people, doesn't it? I think well, it does. Probably does like the death stuff. Maybe it gets better as we go. I don't yeah. know. I know well, Craig, Craig Russell does a couple of shows. I think especially as it got more popular, I think that they got had a lot of guest artists, you know, type yeah. of things in there. Yeah. You know, and things. Yeah, Durgenberg kind of reminds me of that sort of this era of Vertigo where all the guys kind of look the same. You yes. You know what I mean? I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. This wasn't very... It's... it's competent it's fine yeah it's, it's fine. just not it's, it's just not you know just doesn't stand out boom yeah. you know type of thing you know as some other it's thing. better than i can do yeah it's way better than i know you're exactly right i yeah <laughs> i definitely don't want to knock that whatsoever but i think i can criticize something even though i can't do better yeah perhaps i don't know well you could do whatever you want it's your podcast that's <laughs> true i can have an opinion on art wow so, we'll That'll see if I get it through. I'm talking about writers, though, and stuff. I, Gaiman has a lot of great ideas, but, man, he can get pretty wordy sometimes, too. And he's not quite maybe as good as, he's say... He's not. He gets uh, too wordy. Yeah, yeah, as, say, like, a Vaughn or Kirkman or even, like, a Miller or Moore or whatever, or any yeah, of the others, you I know, agree. type stuff. Um, well, like but he's really, got a lot of great he's ideas. He's got great ideas. I feel like his execution is ideas. quite... As good as some other stuff. But Sometimes. Yeah. I, maybe the ideas are just so fantastic that you maybe can get away with some of how it's executed. Could be. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, that, sometimes it takes a little bit longer because of yeah. that to, for me to get through, say, a Sandman one. Because it is it is a bit of a well, slog part of in some problem. parts of a, more than others. And maybe it's because Gaiman is actually a little more literary. Because he writes books, too. Yes, he's, you know he, I mean? he does a lot of novels. And so, I mean, maybe that's... He's just a little more verbose, a little more literary. He's more yeah. interested in the words. Whereas Kirkman and Miller, they're more about they're comic book guys. They just want to get the information there in a very efficient, very you know pleasing yeah. manner. Yeah. So. Okay, Don, what you got next? Oh my god, this has to be horrible. <laughs> you, have you ever read it? I don't know that I ever have actually. I haven't either until now. I'm sorry. Iron Man, Demon in a Bottle. By Michelini, Bob Layton, writer, co-writer, inker, and then John Romita Jr. is on art. Um, I actually really kind of enjoyed this. I mean, it's like a, it's like a, um, a time capsule. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you go back, and it's like 
It's yeah. this is what comics were like. You know, this is like what and I've never been a big Iron Man guy. Like I've never really collected Iron Man. I've, and I've always heard about Demon in a Bottle and you know, you know you've heard about Tony Stark was an alcoholic and he had a drinking, a problem. drinking problem. Um I don't know if um there's more to it like if it led up, you know what I mean? Like if if it started Ten issues before this, where he started drinking, because um, they kind of jump into it. So this is like nine issues, I think. And oh my god, you're wow! It's, it is nine issues. And um, are you okay? Are you gonna be okay? I I actually enjoyed it. Mm, like I, I, it was kind of like uh, it kind of took me back in time. You know what I mean? Like it kind of felt like I this guess, is what it was like. If you had the right attitude. When I read comics, like it. I remember reading these comics, like when I was a kid. Like this is kind of the time, but yeah. So it it starts out and Tony's drinking and he. He's his business is getting ready to be taken. Like his corp, his Tony Stark, whatever the hell it's called at this point, is Stark Industries is like um, Shield's been buying up stock in the company, and like some other people have been buying up stock in the company. I didn't realize Shield bought stock. They did. Nick Fury stabbed him in the back. Apparently. Wow. And uh, yeah, and so um, he's he's on the verge of losing control of his company. Um, so he starts drinking, um, there's like, Demon there's like bottle. few, there's a few stories. He just like, doesn't have anxiety attacks like the movie. He's actually an alcoholic. He is, he is an alcoholic. Um, back when, and it's really weird, like, like one issue, like this is weird. So like, if you're buying comics like back then, cause this is only what, 120, like 120, there's a, there's an origin issue. But they go back, and the whole issue is basically just telling, retelling his origin. <laughs> like, if you pluck down your 40 cents to buy that damn book for that month, and you get, like, just a retelling of his origin, like, would you be kind of pissed off? Well, at the time when I started reading comics, I never knew the origin, so that was always cool. Well, I know, but what I'm saying is, but if, if, you're if, a you're a dude, if you're a dude that bought Iron Man from... Would you want Whatever a whole issue tales? that was just his origin? And like Iron Man number one? I don't think that much back then. I think people read comics when they were like 8 to 16 and they discovered girls and they stopped reading comics. <laughs> and so it wasn't a big deal because then the next group of 8 to 16... I don't know, it just seemed in. odd. And especially like in the middle of this to just well, throw yeah. in an issue. Like a his problem collecting of his, his origin. Well, that's the problem with like collecting a trade paperback. Something that was never intended to be like a trade paperback. It's supposed to be a monthly, you know, thing. Right. But um, but this is a pretty good cut because you start and he's already like got drinking problems, oh, and then really? it ends and it ends abruptly. Like I've never seen anybody kick alcohol like that hey, man, before. Done, I mean, it, it does like a two day montage and he like sweats it out cold turkey. And he's That's done. how alcohol addiction works, right? And it's just... funny in the introduction, Michelini. Um, he's talking about. I think it's Michelini that wrote it. Or how do you say his name? I think it's Michelini. But he was like, yeah, at the time, we got, like, awards from, like, um, you know, uh, abuse people saying that... Because of how realistic uh, How was. realistic we treated it and this and that. And... I think it's only realistic for a comic book. I don't know. It's right. that realistic. <laughs> right. So, anyway, there's, like, there's several arcs of stories that go through here. And so, like, the, there's this other guy... And I, I want to say it's Hammer, but I don't think it's Hammer. But War Machine? No, like, because Justin Hammer was like, what, War? When they, the Armor Wars or whatever? 
But anyway, there's a bad guy in here, and he's found a way to take over. Um, he's doing these experiments where he can he can um, interfere or intercept Tony's armor. So like he'll be flying along, and they go test phase one, and like he cuts out his rockets, and like he starts to fall to his death or whatever. Um, and then like he's fighting underwater, and he has these shields that come down over his eyes and the guy's like okay pull the shields up and like the shields pull up and his armor fills so this guy's like working on technology to like take over tony's armor but he's effing with it. him but God. he's effing with him yeah and so there's this one part where he i'd be drinking too if my fucking armor would <laughs> right? just do stupid so his shit armor's jacking around with them and they're trying to take over his company yeah he's doing all so yeah he's got a lot of uh, shit going on and uh, there's a point where there's a um, he's at this Iron Man is supposed to be like the bodyguard for like this ambassador and they're up on stage and the guy takes over his repulsor ray and shoots and kills the ambassador like in front of all no! these like a big gala or whatever. Oh wow! And so like the police are gonna arrest him and they confiscate his armor. And so then he's like, dude, you've got to let me go, though, because i got to find out who's fucking with me. And so they they confiscate his armor, and they let him go. And then, of course, he goes back, and he gets, like, one of his other armor suits and takes out, like, all the circuitry that can be hacked or whatever. But anyway, and then it goes... It, so this goes on, and then um, it's got um, Rhodey. Is that his name? Rhodey? He's, he's like his... James Rhodes? Yeah, James Rhodes. Yeah. Um, he's in it. It's War Machine. Um, but it, it, it was, like I said, it was kind of cool. Like, I sat down and read it. it. It held my interest, you know what I mean? Like, I read the whole thing. I, I just, I don't know, I just got a weird kind of nostalgic feel when I read it. And It's a decent story. I mean, it's it's better than some of the stuff I read now, you know what I mean? Like, I say so. I do. So, anyway. They're only, uh, the issue's only, like, 18 pages. Yeah. And I was and really... And they only feel like five... Five issues worth of words in those eighteen pages. <laughs> but I really did enjoy. I mean, obviously it's John Romita. Did you read all the words? I did. I read every single word all in right. that book. I read some, the forewords. I read the afterwords. Pretty big recaps on some of those. Yes, pages. and I read them. Um, but I really liked the John Romita. Junior artwork. It like it's it, yeah. It's not like he's he has doing a, the house he has style. A, yeah, he's doing the house style, but the way he draws the armor and like I just like his outfits. Though, like some of the, the yeah seventies. <laughs> some, yeah, yeah. some of the details, like the way I don't know. I'm like I really pay attention to details now, like with artwork and stuff, especially yeah. like with armor, because I've never like how do you make armor look realistic? Like armor. You know what I mean? Like um, when you draw it. I give you a clue. Those that armor isn't very realistic. Well, <laughs> is it like Ben's? I was gonna say his arms I, like Ben. Look at like the biceps of this stuff in that armor. armor but I'm talking about and like how pack. I'm talking about how you make metal look like metal. I'm not yeah. talking about like you make realistic it gold armor. You just put red. like a little gleam. You make it shiny. Yeah, yeah there exactly. is. And so I was like looking at the gleams and stuff, and I don't know. Like I said, I've never really been a big Iron Man fan, but I really enjoyed reading that book. I'm not gonna say I enjoyed. That how book, was the last issue that was all but just about? I, Enjoyed reading the book. Yeah, he just locks himself in a room and like (laughs) sweats it out for like three days. Hey, that's how you be up. And then and then he comes out and of course he has his last, like he gets out and he's beat it, and then like 
the last straw comes, and then he's like, reaches for the bottle, and then he bites it, he staves it off, and he's conquered oh, yeah. it, you know? That's right, he's conquered um, his Oh, there's also it. a part, so like... They should probably take that issue and give it to all the alcoholics. So Tony Stark shows up at just, a... Tony Stark? When you it. feel it, just do what Tony Stark did. Right. Put the lid back on. Right. <laughs> hey, kids. <laughs> the more you know. Knowing is half a battle. It's a battle. And so there's a part where... <laughs> Eh, it's good. I missed the part, but I'm done. It's not that important. Thank you. It's not that important. <laughs> Alright. So I picked this up on I a... I bought that. On a whim, you did? Yeah, but I didn't, haven't gotten it. I picked it up on a whim. It's uncensored. I know. So, oh, I'm right? a pretty big Conan fan. Marvel had start, has started publishing Conan comics. Well, this company, Ablaze, is also publishing Conan comics. Because in... Other parts of the world, Conan stories have gone into the public domain. So anybody can publish a Conan story. But the Conan trademark is still owned by the Conan estate, which has been licensed to Marvel Comics. So they can't call it Conan. They have to call it the Sumerian Queen of the Black Coast. Now, I've actually read a lot Last of that. I thought Conan was a dude. The Sumerian. Instead of Conan, they call him the Sumerian. The yeah, okay. name of the story yeah, is the Queen of the Black Coast. The Queen of the Black Coast is a pretty famous Conan story, which I read, but it was quite a few years ago, so I don't remember it too oh, okay. But it's basically okay. Conan as a pirate. Like The story is basically he's a thief, and he's running, and he finds himself on a pirate ship, and he convinces the pirate ship to let him join up, and then they get taken over by another pirate ship, and he kills a bunch of people, he meets up with this lady, she's like the queen of her pirate ship, and they kind of hook up, and kind of decide to go pillage and be pirates together type of thing. Sweet. So it's uncensored. So, of course, there's lots of sex and violence. So there's a gratuitous sex scene. Yes, it has to be the gratuitous sex scene. So there's the that. The art's kind of cool. It's the art like is cool. A, it's kind of like a cartoony kind of European thing. European, yeah. Yeah, so I dug the art pretty well. It's pretty cool. And it looks so, like, I'm sorry to keep jumping in on your no, review, but it looked like in the back, are they publishing the story then? Uh, that's what it looked like. Have. They had some... Um, yeah, I think they do have part of the story. I don't know if they're going to publish the whole thing or not, but yeah, they do have the story. Probably that's, throughout the series. So that's, a lot of, that's a lot of words. Yeah, well, is. that is the story, and it was fairly Damn. long. It was one of the longer Conan stories, if I remember. It's almost like a novella. So that's, that's why I'd be surprised if they get the whole thing, but they probably will. But um, I don't know how many issues this is. My only gripe... One million. My only gripe <laughs> is the writing. It's a million freaking issues. Since this is based on a short story... I feel like the writer just kind of phoned it in and just kind of um, has like, like has lots of text that's a lot like probably what the story uh, is. And it's <laughs> like, dude, this is a comic book. Use the medium the way it's meant to be. I don't, I don't want to see Conan chop a head off and then read, you know. Conan chops a head off. Well, they're not and talking about that. They're just talking about. That. I think it's the montage. They're talking about other <laughs> stuff, and it's like the nineteen. I mean, if you're gonna have this cool <laughs> scene of Conan popping, it's... chopping a head off, don't you want to kind of let that speak for itself and have that not have a bunch of words on the page? Because yeah. then you're distracted reading all these words, and you're not even enjoying the awesome scene of Conan chopping a head off. I mean, true. a real comic book guy knows this is like a splash page. You want to kind of grab their attention. Thousands of words on the page does not grab your attention. It it no, basically he's doing it, a lot. It he's dulls the effect. Off. He's on a boat. He's I know. Like riding in a cavalry. But it just it just dulls the effect. You no, know? I agree with you. I'm just being a smartass. So, but yeah, like this page but is then awesome. You get those pages because you don't have to have a, ton a bunch of battle of and there's yeah, no yeah, to read. exactly because you don't need words during a battle, right? Yeah, the action speaks for itself. It's a freaking comic book. Stab that guy. But yeah, I don't know. So the art's cool. 
I mean, it's it's neat, but yeah, the the writing kind of ruined it a little bit for me. But anyway, it's the scenario. I didn't learn my lesson though, because so I picked this up on a whim. So I'm not probably won't get the other issues or whatever, you know. But there's another one coming out that's a different story series. And I was going to pre-order that because it's a different writer and I'm hoping the different writer like doesn't make the same mistake. So it's it? another Conan knockoff. It's another Conan. It's book another from book another from a blaze. It's from a blaze. They're doing uh, a whole series. It's like they're doing like series. A whole of series of Conan knockoffs. They're doing like they're taking each story and they're making like a comic book series out of it. Right. Each was so. a different author. So they're doing this story and they're starting another one. Yeah. While this one's going well, I think on. this one is probably going to finish before the other one starts. Um, Maybe. Because I didn't see another issue of this solicited. Gotcha. It's probably like two or They three probably issues. told that guy he did a horrible job on that splash page, and they're like, you're fired. <laughs> Could be. Well, the editor approved it. I mean, that's who you blame. That's who you fire. Yeah. Like an editor. So, anyway, that's the Sumerian. A monkey could do his job. Wow. You don't want to talk about the bunker? Yeah. I think I just went, so it's your turn. Okay. Well, I mean, because I only got one left. Don's only I only got have one, one left. left so which yeah. means it just comes back around to you, right? Yeah, it's fine. And okay. Bernari. Can we get this? Outpost Zero. Outpost Zero. The whole damn thing. The whole enchilada. Ooh. Open it there you go. Right. It's 14 issues. You can close it. That, that just was like state. See, you it's like there's it. like art. What? <laughs> it. It's not all. Just it's not black. just all black and white and stuff to read. So how did it work as the second read through with the whole thing? Well, I didn't read through the whole thing before. I think I, only I know, got, you read the first couple. I think issues. I read like the first four issues and yeah. and thought it was a, a little slow in some respects. It is a little slow. There's okay, so you made a mention earlier that hit me, you know, on hit the nail on the head about what my problems are with this. I think so. Overall, the good it's a really cool idea, I think, that the that he's got here going on, you know, with the basic idea that some humans crash landed into some, you know, planet, you know, hundreds of years ago trying to make a life out of this thing and the, and the the conditions are just awful and they made this big dome and everybody kind of has their own role to play within there to keep the society going and make sure that they live, you know, as it is, you know, and you have some groups that are running, you know, the, the electricity for the area, some that are just trying to run things, some that are running security, some that are trying to go out and check on how things are on the outside, you know, all sorts of different roles throughout here, you know, waste management, whatever you want to say. And they've been doing this for some time. Yeah. And really what this the whole story starts with is a group of young teenagers. You know, you're talking in that uh, 13, 14-year-old range, type, 13 to 15 probably type thing. And they're just getting to that point where they're going to get some responsibility in internship type things and stuff to figure out what roles they've got. And in overall, you know, the story is coming of age, especially in a, a area that's that's just rafe with, you know, change on any moment, you know, type of stuff, yeah. especially being in uh, a different planet, you know, type things where things aren't exactly as we would expect, you know, say on earth. Yeah. So you, you mentioned earlier about the, the story for Craven's last stand, you know, and stuff and how that had kind of been around and knocking around somebody's head for eight years, you know, and stuff and maybe different iterations of things and stuff. 
So I, I don't know how much I feel on the, this. I feel like it could have done better if somebody had it, you know, sitting there. Maybe they tried to scope some things out and tried to work some things, you know, a little bit in a churn to, to try to get, while he has some good ideas, to try to maybe figure out different ways to, to pace it maybe a little differently or, or maybe make the characters a little, uh, dig some characteristics of these characters a little different, whatever you may say. Um, you know, there, part of it is probably the fact that they got canceled, you know, well, yeah, early. I, I mean, there's think... a lot of things that I think he was trying to do from a world building perspective that just never was able to come to fruitation, you know, especially the whole ending of this thing, you know, where essentially, you know, the, the basic plot, you know, this whole coming of age and people learning some stuff. Well, they find out that they have some unexpected guests that are below their damn dome being of some type of aliens that are, you know. Uh, indigenous probably to this planet you know and so essentially between that and i think that there was something and maybe this is just me that maybe not fully comprehending you know exactly what was going on but so there was some type of disagreement on board this ship that, that was traveling to take them to god knows wherever from earth to some other point some type of disagreement that happened that the, what they were doing was either not good and others that say no this is what we're supposed to do blah blah, blah and a fight ensued of some type i guess and they hear like the a full recording of this thing, you know, at the end, one of the kids does, and really you don't that doesn't go anywhere else at all, you know, type of perspective. So it's like a lot of type of setup, but yet you've ended your series basically saying and he ends it as good as he could, you know, essentially saying, you know, tying things up to say, yeah, look, there's aliens, they've got some chance, you know, they're going to communicate, they're going to keep traveling and discovering what's, what they can do on this planet. Because that's his whole, I think, basic idea is, you know, uh, hey, don't stop, you know, investigating, looking, you know, that type of things. Change can be good, you know, whatever you want to say and through a lot of this. But... Um, I mean, hell, even in the, like the last two episodes or issues alone, I think he introduces even some more, you know, concepts of things, you know, and stuff that obviously then never really get to go go yeah. anywhere. But his overall pacing, I think, at the beginning is probably what hurt a lot of things, you know, and stuff. How long could he bring the reader along in his mystery, you know? And in particular, in this case, it looks like one of the teenagers that's part of the group or clique or whatever else kind of basically looks like he kills himself you know, type thing. And it's kind of like some investigation that goes on from there. So, I don't know. It, it's something that I feel like it could have done maybe better if there was, you know, maybe some more people involved where they could have said, hey, maybe we do this, or what about this type of thing, you know, or whatever else. He's got one character in there that just really kind of falls flat, you know, and the, the fighter or whatever else. Uh, Mitchell, yeah, you know, it's like, felt he, like he could he wanted to do more with him. Yes, yeah, so exactly, more. and maybe that's where some of those things could have done a little bit better, going, okay, well, yeah. maybe, you know, you've got to do this, or we got to, you know, change his character, you know, yeah. instead of this, you know, that type of thing. So it makes it sound like I don't like it. I mean, it was good. There's there's some, you know, really good things about it, and it did hold my interest. I mean, I whipped through the thing, you know, yeah. in, in different yeah, it's ways. Decent. It's, just, it's decent. It just it felt it, like it could have been. It felt more. like it needed to be worked on a little bit more to refine it. Yeah. Well, Sean McKeever, he's a. I like him as a writer. He wrote this book called The Waiting Place. It's like about kids in like a small town, kind of feeling trapped, and you know, how do they get out of there? Or, you know, whatever. This is kind of like that same thing, but in space. You know, you got these kids who kind of feel like, what do I do? What do I do? I'm trapped. Yeah. I have to do. 
I have a very limited amount of options of what I can do with my life, you know, yeah. I don't want to do that, you know, how do I find my place in this very limited, you know, world or whatever. Right, right. And so I think he's really going for that too, but, you know, while he's doing that, he's trying to build all these characters and it just kind of feels like, I don't know, it's just, not, not everything works perfectly. Right, right, right. yeah, I would agree, so, I would agree. But it's good, it's solid, I enjoyed it. It's yeah. Just, I mean, it's you no know, watching. <laughs> very true. What very is? True. It's true. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it could have been better. Like you said, I think there was... Maybe if he knew he was only going to do 14 issues, he could have made it a little he tighter. He tighter, yeah. And kind of planned And maybe there was too many characters for what he wanted to do. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there weren't that many. I mean, really There's not really the, that many, but... It really focuses on that girl and the guy. It really focuses... It ends up focusing on two. Yeah. And throughout most of that, once he finally gets to that point where he's focusing on those, it seems like he was more directed into where yeah. he wanted to tell you know, type of thing. It's when he tried to spread out to some of these. But yeah, how many was too many? You know, yeah, type that whole issue you would of... think that you should have, five characters shouldn't have been too much, but he wanted to split them up so damn much and yeah. show their lives outside of things that Correct. it just kind of... It's like the issue with the guy who's the fire and they show kind of his world a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. But then he, that was like fairly early in the series and then he never really goes back to it and kind of, then he kind of forgets about that character till the very end, you know? Yeah. It's like, well, it kind of sounds like you want to do something with him, but then you just kind of abandon him. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. It's interesting. So, almost two hours. You're going to read that one now? No. <laughs> if I wanted Don's to, reading hardcovers. If I wanted I to. I thought you were supposed to read all. I thought you were doing all. If I wanted up. to read that, I would have bought it. I thought you were supposed to be catching up on all your singers. Are you, you didn't buy that? Single issues? I thought you bought everything. I don't buy everything. I mean, it's like an image, isn't no, it? I gave up. You were going to do that, and you My had... My comics are in such a disarray, dude, right now. You had a right furlough. Now. You had, like, a, a point where they weren't putting out any new comics. That was your opportunity. I, I did That not. was your once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to do it, Don. I, I, I kind of flipped through, like, stuff. Flipped through. No, it's I like, did, because it's, it's like, all what? in alphabetical order, and there's a bunch of shit in there that I want to read. But you bought it. I, I get it. What, I what did you to buy that it. you don't want to read? I don't remember. Just a <laughs> smattering of different things. And a lot of this stuff. Are you going to drop some of that stuff or are you going to keep buying them that you I'm going to drop all new comics, dude. I'm out. The COVID what? is my out. You're not going to buy any not. new comics? You know how much stuff I have in my basement? That uh, I can read. I, bet so, you, I wouldn't uh, have to buy uh, another new. Show, show me, show me your room. next order, man. I want to see it. <laughs> I wouldn't have to buy another new comic. I'll slash and die, and I'd still have stuff to read every day. Really? Wow. Well, yeah. Have yeah. You, you, so you have not read everything that you own? No. What? Oh God, no. Oh my God. As far as like single comic book issues, how many long boxes do you have of single comic book issues that you? Two. Have? Oh, only two long boxes. Yeah. You can knock that out. Well, that you actually, read, okay, huh? here, here's the deal. Of new stuff that he bought. It's, it's broken, okay. yes, of new stuff. Now, I've probably got, like, six or seven long boxes of, like, Hard quarter covers. books. Oh, no, quarter, like, oh, quarter, quarter books. books and stuff yeah, that I've bought that I haven't read. I don't oh, count. really? I probably you, why got, don't you like, count those? Because a lot of it's not going to be complete. Like, it's going to be a smattering of stuff. But, yeah. and, and that's the problem. Like, a lot of that stuff, I would pick up an issue here or there at a convention. Yeah, you go to a convention and say, hey, there's a couple issues of this run I always want to get. You pick yeah. them up, but you don't really want to read them until you get the rest of the run. Right, yeah. And so you're searching for the rest of the run. So that's why I don't count them, because you may be holding those back. Because you may be holding those until you can get the whole run. So you've right. got like this 
Six but I boxes have, worth of crap that you're waiting for the yeah. rest of the runs on. But I've yeah. got that you always look for when you go to a convention, though, right? Yeah. Do you have these like all written down yeah, mentally and things? And well, I did. I had a list on my phone, and then okay. when my phone died, you now know. I'm in the slow process of going back and redoing everything that I have. Wow! And I'm up to like B. Nice. I'm up to like box. All right, seven. so I didn't mean to distract you. No, I, I, I find you that have, interesting. I just want to give you a hard time. Oh, do I have? So when your ketchup. So and when, you had a great opportunity. Well, not really, because you did move and you've been ordered. Yeah, that's true. He's, I've been that, very that that busy. You. It did derail me. And he had the whole water in the basement issue yeah, and things which like is that. still I'm dealing with. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, do I have? So when we when we started Evil Squid Comics and we had a diamond account, yeah, that was probably bad for you. It, it was, it, bad it was very bad. I filled up bookcases of stuff that I just haven't read. Wow. But that's mostly stuff that you had maybe read before. I've read before, and I bought a hardcover, but right. there's a lot of stuff that I have that's stacked up that I... Because I'll pick up stuff at conventions, too. Like, hey, look, it's five trades for $10. And, you know... I used to be there. I know. Not anymore. So I've, I have a ton of stuff. Like, literally hey, a ton of stuff. You're looking at a guy who has, like, <laughs> four... Four by four IKEA things full of damn board games. So right, I mean, I, and okay. I still have some in shrink that I've never actually played. So I'm, what kind of stupidity do I? Oh, I have a ton of books, so, hardcovers, and trades in shrink. Yeah. All right, talk about death right. of Gwen Stacy. I'm another <gasps> classic. You know, this is, is this like the this is this death, is the story then? Of, this is death of the Stacys. I know. Just. What? So it's eighty-eight to nine. Amazing Spider-Man eighty-eight to ninety-two, which is the death of, of the Stacy, Captain Stacy. Okay, okay. And so this is the classic and one twenty-two, which is the death of Gwen Stacy. Okay. So the first arc is Captain Stacy, the detective. Yeah. And so it starts out. It's a Doc Ock story, really. So Doc Ock is captured and his arm, he's like in prison in like Kansas of and course. his arms are like on display, like in New York Man. and Doc Ock's been in prison and he's been working up his mental powers so that he can strain how far he can control his arms. And From he, Kansas to New York. Right. So he finally, That's he gets good. enough, he gets enough power to contain his arms. And Isn't so Doc Ock just a regular dude. Yeah, but he had, like, some kind of fusion or, like, some kind of, uh, he's really smart because well, yeah. he kills Spider-Man and swaps brains. I understand he's smart, but that does not super Right, but there was something about when he made the arms, like, they fused to his body yeah, and they have, like, some kind it, of a, but anyway. Anywho. So, he controls his arms, they obviously come break him out, then he goes back to New York and Spider-Man is trying to fight Doc Ock, and um, to make a very long story very short, um, Captain or Spider-Man and Doc Ock are fighting on the top of a building, and there's a crowd down below, and Doc Ock's arms go crazy and knock off like a cornice or a corner of the building, yeah, and it topples, and Captain Stacy's down there. And he, there's a kid, so he shoves the little kid out of the way, and, and he gets he, killed. He takes, yeah, he takes the hit, and Captain like, Stacy is just like Quicksilver in Avengers: Age of Ultron. Yes, absolutely. I just recently rewatched. That. I just rewatched it last night. Wow. <laughs> well, not that recently. It's been like a couple of weeks, but we were going through the Marvel movies too. Mm -hmm. 
Didn't see that coming, did you? Kaboom. <laughs> but that's what he says. Well, that's funny. That's his line. So we haven't seen <laughs> Age of Ultron for a while, right? And so I'm watching with Zach, and he's like, why isn't Quicksilver in any of the other Avengers movies? <laughs> it's like, does he die? And like, uh, yeah, he does. Well, but he's seen it before. It's just been so long right. and we forgot it. But he's like, foreshadowing yeah. he's not in any of the other Avengers right. movies. It's like, he's yeah, kind of amusing. <laughs> what happened to him? Oh, yeah, so, he dies in the same movie that he was introduced. Captain Stacy is Gwen Stacy's father, which Peter Parker is dating. And yeah. so Gwen obviously thinks that Peter is the reason... Or not Peter, but Spider Man is the reason that her dad's dead. Her dad is dead, and of so course. there's this crim. There's this. So then it goes on after that, and so uh, Gwen is. Um, well, there's a guy running for for the district attorney, and he's running on a platform of you know I'm gonna I'm gonna crack down on crime, and I'm getting Spider Man's a menace, and I'm gonna get him out of here. We're gonna catch him, and we're gonna. And so Gwen, just after her dad dies, she goes and starts working with this guy to, on his campaign to get him elected. Well, and it turns out he's not a good guy, obviously. Like, he's like a gangster thug or whatever. And so it's kind of the woe is me because uh, Jameson is in on it. <laughs> I mean, Jameson's backing this guy because he hates Spider-Man. So the whole world... What? The whole world is, is down on Spider-Man. Um, there's like a cameo from Iceman. Because Iceman, it's so great. So like, <laughs> so Peter Parker, or Spider-Man, he goes back to his apartment. Because he's like just dog-ass tired. And um, that guy, he's that there guy. with Gwen, he's there with Gwen Stacy because they're there to meet Peter Parker. Because they know that Peter Parker takes pictures of Spider-Man. So they think that there's a tie in between. So they're waiting at Peter's apartment. And he just busts in the window dressed as Spider-Man because he's tired. And this dude and Gwen are standing there. And he's like, oh, shit. Oops. He's like, what am I going to do? So he snatches so Gwen. So Gwen knew he was Spider-Man? No. Oh, okay. No, nobody knows. And that's the thing. Yeah, so nobody knows that he's Spider-Man at this point. Like He, uh, and, he wasn't uh, as reckless with his identity right. as he becomes later, huh? Right. <laughs> um, he managed to hang on to it for like 90 Five issues or whatever plus but uh so then um he grabs her and tries to kidnap her and he's basically trying to make spider-man in her eyes a mean guy so that she won't think that peter would be mean you know what i mean mm. like she's trying he's trying to and then so <laughs> the great part about this story is so Bobby Drake, Iceman, uh -huh. he just happens to be, like, on a date, like, in New York City, and he's with his girlfriend, or his date, and he looks up, and he sees Spider-Man swinging across with this girl kicking and screaming, <laughs> he's like, that Spider-Man's a bad guy, <laughs> so he's like, I'm gonna take my date and shove her into this cab, see you later, and then, poof, I'm Iceman, and he goes off, and he chases down Spider-Man to fight him because he's trying to save save the damsel in distress. <laughs> and so then, he's kind of working against him, but then it, it all comes together at the end, and they take down the bad guy, and blah, blah, blah. Of course. So now we jump to 120 and 122, which I would have loved to... I see how the Doc Ock story definitely ties in, like you need those issues before for the setup. Well, you don't, but it, it makes a... A better, a better story. But I would have much rather had 
more story before and after the 121 and the 122 than the earlier stuff, story. than the Doc Ock but stuff. But then they kind of call it the death of the Stacy. Well, they could. You'd still get the couple issues of the death of, oh. of then it'd have to be Captain Stacy. Well, no. Give me two or three issues of Captain Stacy and give me five or six issues of the 121, 122. Like five issues, right? No, there's like... Uh, five one. or six issues of the uh, other one. So you, and they could have shortened two. the one story and made the one. Longer. Right. I would have liked more around the state. So I don't think that I've ever even. I think I have, but I don't know that I've ever actually read the full two issues of the death. Of, I don't think I ever have. So it's. I'm going to spoil the crap out, obviously. But Does she die? Gwen dies, but then what? in 122, that's when Norman Osborn dies. Yeah. So you're getting a one-two punch right there. Like, that's got to be insane. One, two, three. Captain Stacy, Gwen Stacy. Well, no, but, yeah, but then these two issues just boom, boom. But I'm like, if you're reading comic, like, I try to put myself in the point, like, of the story. Like, you're buying these off the rack. Yeah. And Gwen Stacy's death comes out of nowhere, right? Sure. And then next issue, you lose the Green Goblin. Like, that's got to be insane, because that's, like, two very insane. stable characters. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, that yeah. really shook yeah, things up, I would did. think. I mean, not. I mean, obviously, the, the Gwen Stacy death did, because you're still talking about it 30, oh, yeah. 40 years ago. And it's interesting in this book, because, like... Um, so actually, fifty years now. I mean, well, I'm not quite fifty years. It was seventy. It was seventy three. The way that that looked. Yeah. By the way that looked. So I'm just like, holy um, crap. So and we still talk about that story because they never really truly brought her back in a way. I mean, they cloned her and crap. Right? Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, they never really brought. Yeah, her no, back. she's yeah. state dead. Um, I was going to say. Sorry, I totally... No, that's fine. Thanks, God. So the story starts out with um, Harry Osborne has OD'd on drugs again, and he's like at well, his dad's course. house. And his Man, dad, Norman... Stark could get together. Huh? Yeah, I know. There you go. Right? <laughs> Norman, Norman Osborne, I guess at this point, like he had learned of Peter's secret identity. Yeah. But he has forgotten or he has some kind of amnesia where he doesn't necessarily remember that Peter Parker is Spider-Man at this point. Convenient. Right. But that hap that breaks very quickly because he goes apeshit crazy and remembers that Peter Parker is Spider-Man in the course of these two issues. So I don't know how far back that other stuff goes. But, so, Norman Osborn kidnaps Gwen Stacy. What? And... Takes her up to the takes her off her cruise up to the bridge the bridge the George Washington Bridge. Is that the Brooklyn Bridge? Well, they call it the George Washington Bridge, but then in the back they call it the Brooklyn Bridge. Maybe so I don't know if thing. it's the same thing or not. I'm not either, but they they refer to it in. I do know you can't have uh, dogs off your leash in the ram. <laughs> I do too. That's the bad thing. And if you if you have your dog off the leash and somebody videotapes you and you are racist towards them, you'll probably lose your job. Yes. Wow. Way to get political there. <laughs> I just saying that's something I know about New York. But if you go just over into that next section, your dog can run free. Oh, nice. But that area is not safe. Yeah, you know, I thought <laughs> you're supposed to have your freaking dog on a leash all the time. Yeah, I do too. Like, I mean... 
You always hear about Leash Lodge. Hey, we had a couple of people watching. Chip Reese is watching. I now. saw that. I didn't. Hey, Chip. And BJ Hong was watching earlier. I don't know if she still is, but she hey. She probably heard you talking about where the death was Stacy's. Stacy's. Click the hell off. You know what? Usually, if you guys would just shut up and let me you talk, could I could get it done. The more you talk <laughs> about how long might go, drag it out even longer. Um, I know. It's ironic, isn't it? It is. So, the inner. Okay, so he takes her up, and then Peter, <laughs> Peter goes up and tries to save her. Does she drop? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So she she drops. Her, grab her with okay, her. so it's different than what I so always thought story. I saw, though, you know. From, so I guess this yeah, is like a big, the... so this is like a big deal, like in Marvel lore. Nobody knows where the snap came from, like how that got into the book. It talked, they talked to, um, yeah, I've seen that. They talked to, who is it? Uh, Conway. Conway. Yeah. And he's like, I don't remember putting that in there. And then he, they talk to, in the back, there's like, a Ralph Macchio does a thing, and then also Gil Kane does a short little thing, but Ralph Macchio talks about nobody knows who put the snap in. Mm. And in the story itself, and then in the Ralph Macchio thing, so, was she dead? Did the goblin kill her? And she was dead on the bridge? Because he makes a reference to like that. He says, right. she was dead before you even well, did something. Well, the you. thing is, too, so he... She gets knocked off the bridge, and Spider-Man webs her, and then he catches her leg, and then there's a snap. But then when he pulls her back up, the goblin, he's like, you killed, or I killed her, or something. Yeah. And the goblin's like, she was dead before you even snagged her. He's like, yeah. because no normal human could, fall like that's going to kill you before you hit the, hit the ground anyway. So there's... I don't think that's true. Well, this is 1973, and they it's a comic people book. People died before they... 1973 the logic. Well... They got so panicky, their heart just burst. Right. right. Yeah. I don't think I so, that. in the back, it's like, there's three... So, did, did Norman kill I her? I don't particularly want to try, so... Did Norman, did Norman kill her? And she was already dead. Did Spider-Man snap her neck? Or did the fall kill her before Spider-Man tried to save her? Well, so I it's think like, even if the web got the snap and killed her it's still norman's fault yes and that's her. what he says in the back yes it's norman who killed her yeah no matter what happens if it's he still hadn't norman. he hadn't webbed her then she would have fallen and died right so at least he had a chance to yeah save her. so he tried so she dies and that's like the end of the issue and then norman runs off flies off and spider-man's left and then the cops show up and they're like he killed her <laughs> Like, no, I didn't kill her. So then he goes off. He finds Norman at a warehouse, and then it plays out. They fight, and, and he basically beats the hell out of it's, it. Dude, it's like right out of the movie, that that part. Yeah. And then he beats the hell out of him. Because at first, he Norman, like, he knocks the glider, and then the glider comes back around, which I don't understand it, because it didn't work that way in the, in the comic book, because Peter smashes that thing. It, I don't think it would have been functional <laughs> the way he destroyed it. But So they're fighting, and then all of a sudden the glider comes flying around. He gets the spider since he ducks. It smashes into him and pins him and impales him and kills him. And then that's pretty no. much... Well, and then that's like he... Like, so they were... Um, the introduction 
That's some of the most interesting part about these is listening, reading the introductions and yeah. afterwards about just where they were. And, Man, and they missed an yeah. opportunity. They should have kept Captain Stacy alive. And then when Gwen died, he could be mad at Spider-Man because he killed his daughter. And he could be having the police force hunting Spider-Man, right? Right. And then you got the Green Goblin dying. And then Harry could secretly know that he's Spider-Man and secretly be plotting against him, hating him because he killed his dad. And you got like all these people like coming at him. Yeah. That'd you should cool. write comic books. Totally. But um, Conway was talking about that um, he hated Gwen Stacy from the beginning. Well, like, that's nice. Um, that uh, really? uh, Mary Jane was a much more interesting character because she was like the party girl. She had the red hair. And Gwen Stacy was like the clean cut, you know, go to school, this and that. And so like I, just as a fan. So he's saying that. If you're a good person, you're less interested. No, well, in a comic book sense, <laughs> yes. yeah, I guess. Wow, thanks, Jerry Conway. That's a good example you're setting for. Well, me. in a writer's from a writer's <laughs> perspective, do you want to watch a movie about you walking around your house making dinner and watching TV, or would you rather watch a movie about Scott, who's a bank robber who drives <laughs> car really fast, and goes around, and fucking kills people for money? I think both have their place. Well, they do, but he's saying in his taste, Drew likes that, those slice of life things. I do he like does. Slice of life. He's saying that from a writer's perspective and him personally, he was more of a fan of Mary Jane than he was of Gwen Stacy. Maybe he's just not a very good writer. Right. Maybe he just can't come up with interesting situations. Okay, I'm done. Wow, Death look at my, that. My I, don't know. I, don't know. I just hear that a lot from Conqueror. This character just wasn't very this interesting. This character was boring. It's like, wasn't your job to freaking make it interesting? It's like John Bird always complains well, about Alpha Flight. He's like, oh, I, invented I, Alpha, be... I invented Alpha Flight to fight the X-Men. They really didn't have any stories to tell. I'm like... Well, you made them. Give them a story. I may <laughs> That's have, your job as a writer is to make them interesting. I may have misquoted. I don't want to put words in Jerry Conway's mouth. <laughs> what I do remember is he prefer, he, he himself preferred Mary Jane. Preferred Mary Jane. He's an MJ guy. Not just from a writer. Right. Not not as a writer, but as a, as a comic book fan. He was always more of a fan of of Mary Jane. And he always thought that Peter should be with Mary Jane. It's just like Casada and and um, what's his face uh, Straczynski when they decided, oh, we don't want Peter to be married anymore because yeah, it's fucking boring. So we're gonna do this whole thing yeah. and blah blah blah. I mean, it's whoever's in charge at the time. It's like yeah. whoever wants whatever. I'm you know saying, what I mean? like if if Casada didn't have such a a thing for breaking up Mary Jane and Peter Parker, I mean, yeah. if he wasn't in the well. position. Then they would still be, they'd still be married. Well, that's because in their in their mind they don't want Peter to ever change. They would right. always be Peter Parker, you know, the, at twenty seven years old and not right. married. I mean, but that, it doesn't work because they did that, and then whatever six years later or eight years later or whatever, he's back with Mary Jane now. Exactly, because because then that got boring. You know, it's right. like it's like that's why characters need to change and evolve for the stories to be interesting. But yeah, they don't want to do that. So right, we're in this cycle of just. Rehashing. No, shit. I understand. So, but anyway. no, I understand what you're saying, but I don't want you to slam Jerry Conway because you misquoted. I misquoted him, or I misread it, or whatever. Uh, I just—it seems like I hear that a lot. I always feel no, like I, that character. Yeah, like, exactly. Well, then make the character what you want. You're the effing writer, right? Like, or they're like, oh yeah, we. You we, don't like that character, then if you don't like Gwen that way, then give her a different arc and do something different with right. her. I mean, you don't have to kill her just because you don't like it. <laughs> I mean, you're the friggin' writer. Make her more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, I understand. Maybe and she becomes a party like girl sometimes or she has a bad day or maybe she gets addicted to paint to speed or something and Oxy to study harder. Just like Jesse go. from Saved by the Bell. Her <laughs> her and Harrier. I'm so excited. Her and Harrier dropping L S D together in the bedroom. I don't know. Anyway. It's no, I I agree with you. I mean, if if but you, it's definitely easier just to kill them. If you take a if you take over a if you're a writer or a creator and you take over a book and you don't care for one of the characters, rather than kill them off, just find a way to push them away in the background because the guy that comes after you <laughs> really might like have a really good you. idea to do something with that character. <laughs> you know what I mean? Buddy. I thought in comic books nobody's really dead unless your name's That's Gwen Stacy. Apparently nobody else likes Gwen Stacy either because no one nobody wants back. to really bring her back. <laughs> maybe, you know? he had, maybe he was on the money, man. Well, didn't, um, <laughs> didn't, didn't, um, Straczynski did, did that whole well, clone thing. Well, they cloned it, but yeah, cloned. I mean, and then, that doesn't count. And, I mean, clones don't count. Well, uh, and then Bendis um, or whatever brought him well, back in the Ultimate World or whatever. Yeah, and then things, but. Uh, Uncle Ben, he stayed dead, right? I guess that's true. Right? I mean, if you, Dude, man, I can't keep track. I can't either. I'm Spider sure Man. If you know Spider Man, yeah, that's like the kiss of death, dude. Sounds yeah, like Jesus. Don't. No, they brought Norman Osborn back. Well, unless you're one of his bad guys, but I mean, hell, you were even talking about Craven earlier. Captain so, Stacy yeah. never came back. No, Captain Stacy got that going. Came yeah. back. All right, I'm done. See, you guys had a lot to talk about. We did. You said I dragged the thing out, but well, it got interesting talk. for a second. And it so did. We had things to say. Hey, remember when we used to be friends with this guy, Joshua Helfialka? I do. He came on our podcast. He like, did. Many, we had him on our ago. podcast. I don't know what he's You're doing. You're no now. longer friends with him. He must just be doing movies. Well, stuff I know. <laughs> he must yeah, just be doing Hollywood stuff. I think so. He, he doesn't do many comics anymore. Did you guys have a falling out or something? No, I think no. he just went on. Not that we were friends. We we had a we had a conversation and we, we would had exchange a, a few emails. Voice. Zach knows or Zach. Scott knows this guy. He wrote Echoes. Remember Echoes? I do. Yeah, he wrote that. I do. I do. So this is the bunker. This is by Oni. It's Joshua Hale Fialkov and Joe Inferarnari. Was was I vampire or vampire from Fifty Two? I know, but was that critically acclaimed? Because <laughs> that's what it says in the beginning that he the critically he, acclaimed. He was the writer of the critically acclaimed I Vampire from Maybe DC Fifty Two. It was horrible. Maybe the critics liked it, dude. It, the it stuff that good. he did that I really like, I really like, and the stuff that he did that I really don't like, I really don't like because yeah. like that. They put punks in there too. That's the worst piece of yeah okay. stuff I've ever read. Was like, like half an issue of that book. Punks. Wait, we're talking about the bunker. Yeah, he's talking about the bunker. Let him like. So, I don't even know what the hell this damn thing's about. So oh, I would this like is, this book. It's timey wimey. It's timey wimey. Oh, is it done so, well? It's, yeah, it's done pretty well. It's so lost. It's lost meets Outpost Zero meets. Uh, what it's is that? nothing like Outpost Zero. What's that movie it's where the kids go berserk on the island? Can I talk about the book? Yeah. Island Dr. Moreau? Right, no, no, cool. no, no. The no. old, old, old one. Lord of the Flies? Lord of the Flies. It's nothing oh. like any of those things that Piggy. Don just said. It's all it's nothing like Lord of the Flies. Together. It's nothing like Lost. It's none of those things. There's a bunker. There is a there reference a bunker to Lost. Lost. So there's this group of friends. They're probably like just graduated college. All right. So they're probably like 25, 23, 24, that kind of age. And they've known each other for a long time and they find... I think they're all getting together before they go off to like start their careers and stuff. And they find a bunker. And they find a bunker. And they go in the bunker. And there's a letter from one of the guys. It's like a time capsule. There's a letter and it's from the future. And every every person in the group has a letter except one guy. 
that basically tells them about their future self and that they screw up the world and this is to have them fix it. Oh, fantastic. So apparently one right. of the guys um, creates like, he goes to work for like some biotech company. He creates like a strain of like crops that's like disease and insect resistant or whatever. Well, that gets out in the world and somehow it throws something out of whack and it creates like this huge plague and just kind of wipes out humanity and kind of ruins everything. Oh, oh. So these letters are supposed to tell them kind of what about this future that they're going to cause and how they can prevent it. So um, some of them believe the letter, some of them don't. The letter also reveals some things that like one of the guys who's dating one girl is actually sleeping with another girl. So that creates like a rift in the group and... All sorts of little interpersonal yeah. type stuff happens. But uh, towards... So the one guy, he actually... They don't let you know this until a little further into the story. But he's going to become like the president or whatever, you know. And the and he sends himself like a paper of him like do, saving these people from like this terrorist attack. Like this building gets blown up and he runs in and he saves all these people. Well, it tells him about it so he knows where to be. But now that he knows where to be, he could actually stop the terrorist attack, right? right. But it's, but he's told not to do that by his future self, that he needs to do this so he becomes famous and becomes president or whatever. So he has this moral dilemma. Do I stop the terrorist attack and, you know, save these people? Or do I let it happen and become the hero and follow the path that my future self says I need to follow, you know? It's the Pearl Harbor dilemma. Pearl Harbor dilemma. Sure. No, we knew about Pearl Harbor, but right. But we let it so, happen. So anyway, so it has some kind war. of interesting moral dilemmas like that. And then one of the other people finds out that he knows, and so then she has a different view of him as well. And so there's a lot of that not trusting each other. And then towards the end, we're actually in the middle. This is only like four issues. That's a conspiracy. I say theory. we. I should say they because I wasn't really the guy who becomes a president. He he's actually somehow come back from the future and he's in the present. He's kind of like coaching them and stuff too. So they all get together towards the end, and he shows up, and, you know. I I thought this was going to be, like, just a single series, but I guess there's, like, four trades. So I got, like, three more yeah, trades I got to read. Did you just buy this? I just bought this, yes. Did you not buy single issues? I did not buy single issues. Yeah. I, I, I think it actually came out digitally first. I was reading it digitally. Hmm. And then I stopped reading comics. Did you buy this at, like, a comic book store? Or did you buy it online? I did. I went to get my regular books. And I realized they've been like had no business for like a month and a half, and so I looked on their shelf, saw if there's anything that I would they actually had want the to bunker. buy. They had the bunker, and so I popped that off the shelf. Did they only have number one? Of course. <laughs> you thought that was I the mean, whole story? They had like, well, I was hoping like it was like the whole thing, but no, no it's clearly it, not. It there's ran, like three more trades. Yeah, it's like 19 issues. <laughs> so yeah, but that's okay. I mean, it's a cool story. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I like Joshua Fialkov. I like timey wimey kind of stuff like that. Yeah. So. You'd never be cool. Uh, you said it you seems read like every book I'm reading now, though, is about like some giant plague that wipes out humanity. Right. Have you notice that? Yeah. Like everything I read. Because that's the thing like, now. I guess. But I mean, Why this is stuff that. This, I pulled that out. Of yeah, my this purpose. is this is stuff that's been written like years ago that I'm reading. And right. Like, yes. That, that's that's like every writer's like apocalyptic thing. If it's not zombies, it's a plague. Right. So. Anyway, because it's most likely to happen. I don't think it's lately. It makes sense. I told you the stand is real. I know. Stephen, Stephen King, King is a not, time traveler. Stephen King came out and said, "This is not the stand, morons." Why? Because the stand, that the stand was killed, the opposite like, of what's going on now, but yeah. even worse. The stand yeah, like killed like ninety nine percent of the population. Give it time, man. This thing they think they're coming out now saying it's only point three percent fatality. Yeah, it's still hard. Give to it tell. time. 
Been on Curiet. Anything from between people are partying in the Ozarks. Point two to point eight. Yeah, so, but I mean, it's, but it's they it were saying seem, like three percent. It does seem to be one under one percent. People are partying yeah. in the Lake of the Ozarks. Sedgwick County's opened true. everything just, back. Like up. I said, I'm not saying I'm not, one of, I'm not one of those crazy people that say this isn't a big deal. I'm not that person. It's killed a hundred thousand. Yeah, it's killed people. Other, you know, problems that. Wait, so it's a big so deal. I'm just saying. It's a big deal. I'm just saying it's not. Uh, it's not like the stand where it wipes out 99% of the population. That's right. The stand was 99.9%. And it's not like all these post apocalyptic like, I mean... Wave 2, wave I'm 3, so, wave I, 4. Yeah, like... It's anyway, all coming. I don't want to get into this. But anyway. <laughs> Sorry. So, that's all I had. Oh, quick. I don't like to make... I'm not Did making, you see that they're making a Labyrinth either. 2? No. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, they're making a sequel to the Labyrinth. Mm. Right. I watched the Labyrinth for the first time like two years ago. And we can't have a comic book podcast and not talk about the Snyder Cut. Yeah, oh. so that's like... Is it going to come out like in theaters? No, it's going to be on no, HBO, it's Max. HBO Max. There's but it doesn't thing. come out for like a year, right? Well, he's got to work on it, I assume. Oh, he hasn't even doing. started it yet. Well, yeah, he's, he's got to take all the footage off. and like, just make like, his version. He just announced that I'm going to do it. Yeah, HBO so gave him money like to ready. go do it. Hmm. Or Warner well, Brothers. Then I want to see the Star Wars Trevor cut or whatever the hell. That's what I. Do you see my Facebook I post? I see that. Yeah. What is the Star Wars Trevor cut? Well, the well, Colin, Colin Trevorrow was a, Trevor, originally supposed to go. do the third Star Wars movie in this new trilogy, but yeah. he had some but issues. But he got fired because he didn't, like, he didn't how like how they Last were Jedi ended, and it's and then up part of script. what he and so it screwed up something. So he went back to rework it, but I think him and. Lucasfilm didn't... Kathleen to, Kennedy. Yes, they weren't seeing eye to eye, so he just finally said... He just walked I'm away. I'm gone. Mm. And but, she begged Abrams to come back But what's really weird is that together. his script got released after everybody was divisive on Rise of Skywalker. Go, and somebody got the other one go, hey, look at this. Now, he hasn't... It didn't... I, I looked at the script, the major beats or whatever. It didn't look yeah, that interesting. I don't know that it was much better, to tell you the truth. I mean, the only thing it looked like to me was at least it was a cohesive story that was trying to build off what he was given. Yes. Whereas I felt like Rise of Skywalker said, fuck the last Jedi. We're going to do whatever the hell we want to in here. And we're going to give a bunch of fan service to everything else. And we're going to end here, you know, type stuff. It works for the Avengers. So here's an idea. The, which one? Last one. The last one. The last one though, still, at least they had a lot the of fan service. There's a lot that you can do fan service. You know, type things, but freaking I know. for I'm, something. I'm just you a hard time. If you've fun. set up freaking eight goddamn movies, do you really need to introduce a whole bunch of new shit in the night? I, I, I don't know, but I mean, to Avengers, I mean, I guess they did introduce time travel. So, but you're the know. one who saw this, the Here's long version of Batman versus Superman and said it was better, right? Uh, I didn't. I've never watched it again. Are you the one who saw it and said it was better? I thought somebody watched it. Mm. Somebody, everybody that I've heard that's watched it, maybe, maybe we just heard people said it is better movie. <laughs> maybe that's what I've heard. Yeah. I just, I have it, it but I've never been able to convince myself to watch that guy. Here's an idea. Here's an idea. Whenever a movie comes out and we don't like it, we could just all be a bunch of Karens, <laughs> and then they Until can they make it? fifteen different fucking versions, versions of it, well, and then maybe that. you'll have one that you like. Well, the Snyder Cut. It just I went down this rabbit hole like the Snyder Cut. You know, it's like, well, maybe I want a different it's cut. Be Eighteen I want a hours. I want a different cut of Rise of Skywalker. You know, I want to see what Johnson would have done if he had given the third one. You know, I like the, <laughs> I like the Last Jedi. At least he would have been building off his own crap. Uh, right? Last... That could have been more cohesive. So the more the, so mean, Rise of Skywalker. What are some other movies? What are some three. other movies we'd like to see that didn't pan out? 
you know? I'm fine with either you I want to see the I want to see the Cameron cut of Aliens 3. Where's that movie at? Ooh. Right? You no. did get the I you either Cameron like the movie or you I don't. See, I want to see like the, the Verhoeven cut of RoboCop 2. That was horrible. I saw it. The Oh, no, no, no. I saw the uh what was the I think this is a new thing. We can get <laughs> different directors to come in and cut a different movie. A different version of the old movie that we didn't like. Well, nobody can go to the movie theater and they don't have any new movies coming out, so we might as well just recut. Yeah, let's just recut old movies. movies. I want to see the Spielberg cut of Jaws 2. Yeah, this could be a whole thing, (laughs) right? I want to see the the Lucas cut of 7, 8, and 9. Oh, that would be awesome. I want to see the Coppola cut of Godfather 3. Oh, wait, that was the Coppola cut. That was the Coppola cut. (laughs) Still horrible. I never saw Godfather. You've never seen Godfather three. Everybody told me it was bad. I never watched it. It is bad, but you should at least watch it. I'm so sure that I will when I go back and finish the trilogy. You know what I started watching? Nope. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I watched that actually just last week. Wow. It's three it's bad. fucking hours long. It's a horrible movie. No, it's well, it started out good. It's okay, but yeah, it's so long. It's like yeah. Quentin Tarantino, but like not as good without the dialogue. I don't know, dude. There is no dialogue. I'll I'll tell you if I finish it. Wait till you get to the very last where they're doing the three-person shootout. I know. Okay, so they're all standing in the circle, right? Yeah, in the circle. And then the camera zooms in on his face and plays the music. Then zooms on his face. He does it like for 10 minutes. It just zooms on in faces. Yeah, they're building up. For 10 minutes. Building up suspense, tension, sir. Hey, but at least they have something that they're focused on and they're showing <laughs> and building up unlike Rise of Skywalker. I agree. <laughs> hey, it is a bold film. It's some bold filmmaking moves. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I was too hyped for it because I remember it being such a classic great movie, you know, and I'm like, this thing is long. It's dragged hmm. out. But yeah, I'm trying to think. See, I'm happy. How many hours into it are you? Oh, 30 minutes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> The first thirty minutes is great. Wait till you get to the two-hour mark. You're like, the first thirty minutes. Where are they going? They basically introduced the three characters: yeah, that's the good, awesome. the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, that's All great. Right. Um, wait till the two-hour mark. I can't even. I can't even come up with something that I would want to see. All right. Anyway, think about it. I, don't know, I just thought it was funny. I want to see the Quentin Tarantino cut of Austin Powers. Is that but how this works? The second one was good. <laughs> oh, I liked all three of them. I just want to see no, Quentin Tarantino no, do the it. The trick is to figure out a movie that you didn't like, because that's what basically the Justice League is. People didn't like the the what, what's the guy's name Whedon cut. They didn't like the Whedon cut, so they demanded a Snyder cut. So you got to be an annoyed fanboy who wants Joss a different Whedon cut. Put his name on that piece of shit. Well, he took over was, from Snyder. He took it over, so it was over. No, I know some stuff. Oh, in I understand. There, I just yes. didn't realize it was Joss Whedon. Yeah, but yes, because he did Joss. such a good job with Avengers. DC had to hire him to right. finish that. Right, yes. And, and that he, worked out well. He showed them you can't polish a turd. He did show them. <laughs> well, most but Snyder <laughs> apparently can polish his own turd. But the thing is, is that unfortunately <laughs> Justice League was so better than Batman <laughs> and Superman. So just, no, nah, I don't know. I don't know, know man. That. That's close. Because they're totally different. Like, their tone, they're different. I would agree, but so, I still enjoyed Justice, it more. I don't know. So I, Justice they were both League, bad, but yeah, I think at the time I enjoyed Justice. League I better. figured out. But I think if I go back and objectively watch both of them, I don't know if I. Would I could get you a Snyder cut okay. of Justice League before Snyder can get you a cut. You don't of see Justice my League Facebook, do you? Because because I said my Snyder cut of Justice League would be really, really, really short. Yeah, no, I understand. 
Maybe you but Watchmen. All I have to do, all you have to do, is to make the movie longer. He's just gonna make it more of it in slow motion. Oh. So it's the same movie. Are you thinking of Michael slow-mo. Bay? No. <laughs> but I did watch. We did watch Bad Boys. The third one? No, the first oh. one. Oh, I have watched. We that. went back it's and rewatched the first one, and there's that scene where fucking um, what's his name? Uh, Will Smith. Will Smith. Is chasing that car at the end with the, with the with the shirt bare chested and it's in fucking slow motion yeah. <laughs> for like ever. I'm like, it's oh Michael my Bay. god! Oh, my I god. know. Have you watched Pearl Harbor? Yeah, it's, it's, it's slow motion and giant explosions. Yes, Armageddon. I was reading something about Michael Bay. It's like, do other directors hate him? It's like, no, other directors love Michael Bay because they none of them can figure out how he gets that spinning shot. And I'm like, what spinning shot? And I like, he's always like spinning the camera like in a weird angle around stuff. Have yeah. you ever noticed that? Yeah, yeah. It's like that's a hard shot to get. Oh yeah. I mean, he, the man knows. I mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's technically impressive from a cinematography perspective. He's pretty good. I mean, that's he, what I'm saying. He's he got some angles yeah. and he knows some some cool stuff. I mean, he makes some. Some but, cool things, but I mean, he, he he must just go through and go. Can I find the dumbest ass script possible? Oh, let's put oil miners on a comet. I'm on. You know, I mean, yeah, come on. But, I mean, but Snyder did 300, and there was a lot of slow motion in that. Yeah, yeah. And he he did he likes Batman slow-mo. versus Superman, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That movie could have been like an hour and a half if they just cut out all the slow mo. Watchmen had quite a bit of slow-mo, didn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Probably. It had slow-mo screwing on the Night Owls what about ship Sucker or whatever. Punch? It probably did, Oh, too. yeah, I'm sure it did, too. Yeah. He makes very uh, shallow movies with lots of slow-mo. You know, so it's gotten it's gotten to where you can watch a lot of stuff In slow-mo? On, online now. Like, stream a lot of stuff. Okay. Oh, really? But there's still not where I... Like, we're way better than we were... 20 years ago okay like as far as like uh, stuff to watch but we're still not where <laughs> i want a watch i want to watch something and you just pick it out because yeah. i can't watch epping scanners i wanted to watch scanners from the 70s why would you know the 80s scanners? was that what it was Okay. Why wouldn't I want to watch that dude's head explode it's in slow like motion? Cool as you That's like oh, the I, only I watched it like scene of the I watched it like five movie. to ten years ago. There's like three or four of them. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that they don't have on streaming stuff. Like I mean, a lot I of think, classic movies. That I think see. Scanners yeah. is there, but I think you have to like rent it or pay for yeah, it. Yeah, you could probably find it at like YouTube or something weird. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. All right, I guess we'll wrap it up. I do have to work tomorrow. I do. What? I don't. Were you off today? Yeah. Oh. I took this week off. I have to work tomorrow. Damn. Cool. This week off. I took the whole week off. All right. Off. Thanks so for listening, everybody. Tomorrow. We will Bye. see you later. See you.